So Tig, we do this thing called jazz hands. It's like this, Tig. I know you're a tough guy. Come on, let's, <laughs> let's see jazz hands a little. There you go. Look at that jazz hands from Tig. Tig Tigan, jazz hands. Someone, someone has feedback. You got a mute. Let's see jazz hands a little. There you go. Look at that. I think it might be me. Is it Tig? Yeah. Tig Tigan. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta mute that. Okay, there you go. Can you hear us? Well, still? I, well, I couldn't hear because I had the headphones on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. Okay. All right. We are live. We are live. This is episode 320 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast, coming to you live from the Strange Media Studios here in Gainesville. Our special, special guest tonight is John Tig Tigan. There he goes. Uh, is that short bus special? Uh, Over there. Up there. Okay. Oh. Yes, that. That's what I, that's a secret thing. I wasn't going to tell anyone that we just, (laughs) we like to say that. There you go. If you've, if you've ever heard of Benghazi, 13 hours, there he goes. There's the man right there. Take one, one of the dudes, right? Yeah. One of the dudes. Patanto did everything. So just, you know, make sure, you know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've got to, got to give credit where credit is due. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, we've got him for the whole two hours, so we're here. We're gonna we're gonna just kick it, have a conversation. Also, my friend Walter Keller. There hey, he goes, look, right he's there. back again. Walter yeah, Keller joining us live. <laughs> you know, you're like my Ed McMahon, Walter. <laughs> okay, Johnny, what do you got tonight, John? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Doing it, doing it right. And of course, shout out to everyone who's joining us right now. I don't see. Are we? Uh, let me see. Are we live? Because I don't see anyone coming up on on our thing here. Um, if you guys are seeing us out there, let me know. Let me know. I'm waiting for, um, I don't see numbers or anything like that. I'm saying thumbs up on this thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you guys are hearing us, let me know in the chat. Let me know that you guys can hear us. Cause I don't see any numbers or anything like that coming through my thing. Please guys smash the thumbs ups, smash them. What's up? We're live. Okay, good. We're live. Hit those thumbs ups, share this. It's going to be a great show. We'll uh, we'll take uh, we're not going to we're not going to do any shout outs to anyone today uh, unless we really, really have to. We'll do some shout outs, but we, we will take some questions from uh, all the folks out there. Thanks for everyone for joining us. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. If you're not subscribed, subscribe, then ring the bell. That's how you'll get notified of this, because if you're looking at it later and you're like, man, I didn't know Tig was coming on. See, you should have been subscribed. So there you go. Yeah. Do it, do it, and do it now. And of course, big shout out to our sponsors, the people who help us keep the show going. ATI Outdoors. Uh, thanks for all of that. I, I got to give this shout out, Tig. Also, Brownhouse. Yeah. There we go. Bureau of Propaganda, Propaganda. baby. Boom. So, yeah, because we uh, we got like Tig is Tig is official. He's a uh, he's in the bureau. Yeah. I don't know yeah. where his patch is, but he's in the bureau, nevertheless. <laughs> well, he's got these rock in the hat, man. He's got yeah, he's got the hat. He's got the hat. That's true. That's true. You know what? How come I don't have a hat? Well, cover See? up your uh, your beautiful locks there. You know. Oh, that's true. That's true. I would take the hat and just cut it, cut, cut it out. out. Into... That wouldn't. That no, I don't think that would. That'd work. be no. funny. Yeah, <laughs> it would just, be funny. Yeah, that'd yeah. be funny. Or get a bunch of hair and just paste it on the top of the hat for the mohawk. <laughs> No, I think cutting it out would be better. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. You do a little strip right down the middle. Yeah. That's original. It's original. Yeah, true, true. Okay, true. We could do that. We could do that. So, okay, great. Uh, you know what, Tig? Um, 
for I know Lola always makes me like get everyone to explain who they are for the folks out there who don't know who the guests are. So um, can you give us the quick rundown, the bio on TIG? It's Tigan, right? That's the first thing. That's the way yeah. it's pr- pronounced, Tigan. Tigan, yep. I guess yeah, so you speak saying Tigan, I don't even like, sometimes I don't even hear it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, like you were saying earlier, I'm one of the GRS members from Benghazi. I started off in the Marine Corps, joined right out of high school, uh, did it for four years, became an infantry squad leader out as an E5. Uh, got married just prior to getting out. You know, uh, the wife, she's almost perfect, but she was in the Army. So we can't go against her too much. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh, yeah. You're not going to hear about that one later at all. No, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, she got stationed over in uh, Washington, so went up there, and I actually uh, did heating and air conditioning for four years. And uh, the wife, she got stationed over in Kuwait. And before she left, uh, she, the base show she's at, Camp uh, Doha, there's a contract company there called uh, CSA. I can't remember what it was, stands for. I think it was Combat Support Associates or something like that. But it's kind of like a Brownells, or not Brownells. Jeez, <laughs> uh, now I can't think of it now. Uh, Brown and Root, one of those okay. companies, Halliburton. Uh, and uh, she got the contacts for that. And she came back in around July of 03. We both went back as contractors. So pretty much July of 2003, I've been contracting till July, well, almost July, 2013. Oh, wow. Okay. So I didn't know. Um, I didn't know. I didn't realize that your wife was, uh, also in the army, also uh, a contractor. She's a pretty tough lady. I like her, yep. you know, I didn't realize that, but you know, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's yeah, nice, she... but very no nonsense when I talk to her. <laughs> hey, something that's, you know, yeah. it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have. So yeah, but absolutely. Much, yeah. That's yeah, pretty much the rundown, you know, down and dirty. Okay, very cool. Um, so the the thing I I know when I was looking it up, you went in. You were like seventeen or something like that, right? So you weren't even when you went into the Marines. You weren't exactly at the age, or there was some kind of early entry program. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was seventeen. It's called a delayed entry program. You can you can do it like a year before you uh, graduate, before you turn eighteen, or before you join. And uh, I was pretty much well uh, about two months. I was 18 for about two months when I joined, when I actually went into boot camp. So, yeah. What made you choose the Marines? Was it random? Did you have family members that were already in the Marines? No, no family members. Uh, my, the only one I knew of that was in the military was my grandpa. That was pretty much it about the whole family. But uh, come found out later, his brothers were two. But uh, it was actually, uh, originally wanted to be a pilot. I actually wanted to fly helicopters, but you can't do that with four eyes. So... <laughs> I was like, well, then what I'm going to do and actually start watch Full Metal Jacket. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I'm sure that's done a lot of recruiting. <laughs> yes, I think it has. A lot of guys I talked to said the same thing. It's like that. You know, of course, everybody says, well, the boot camp scene. Well, actually, it was the boot camp scene that I liked because I don't know. It was just kind of it was more of a looked like more of a challenge than anything. Right. So. Oh, OK. And, you know, when I look at pictures of you from back then, you look like a completely different person, man. I think you were. You, were, you, you, were you blonde back then? It was totally <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My hair kind of went dark. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, didn't really pay attention to when it did, but yeah, I was, I was pretty blonde back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it that did that to you? <laughs> I have no idea. Not a clue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, 
maybe maybe the stress of the job. I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, okay, that it could that kind of that kind of stuff can do it to you. Okay, so you went into the Marines. Um, so w- w- from what time to what time did you serve in the Marines? Uh, ninety five to ninety nine. Okay, so so did you see any action during that time? Nope, no action. It was all on then. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So and then so after that, what? You know what? Because I I always wonder, like, what makes people decide to be to become contractors? And I know there's probably lots of different jobs that people do as contractors, but it seems to me like you chose one of the most dangerous ones to do. You know what? What led you to that? Uh, You know, the money was definitely uh, a big factor in it. You know, and I didn't really care to do customer service job, which that's what heating and air conditioning is. You're, you know, your technician and. and I freaking didn't really care for it. And plus, you know, crawling in a basement, you know, got the spiders and stuff. Yeah, I didn't really care for that either. But mm-hmm. it was, I think it's just the, just the serving portion of it is what's just the calling. You know, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just something you feel like you want to do and you have to do. Um, just like now, I mean, I'd like to go back and do it again, but I know I can't. Okay. Um, so, is it a, are, are you, would you consider yourself an adrenaline junkie? Probably, you know, skydive and, you know, stuff like oh, that. Oh, little stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't like the spiders, but jumping out of planes, that's perfectly good. No issues with that, right? Yeah, it, actually, the, it's it's fun. I just don't like the falling out, the initial, the initial, oh, the initial fall out. The first step. I freaking yeah. hate that. And after that, once I'm falling, it's freaking awesome, you know, because, I mean, I just did the last time I did it was, uh, see, December 28th when oh. skydiving. So ever done it down here in, in Florida, like at Zephyr Hills? No, I did it. The the wife did it. I want to say Baldhead Island. Is that in Florida? I think it's in Florida. Uh, it's down. It's on the East Coast somewhere. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Baldhead Island. I never. So she got to jump over the ocean and onto the oh, island. Cool. Oh, okay. That's cool. But I've never done that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've never, I've never done that. I don't know that I would want to jump out of a plane that I didn't have to jump out of, but you know, (laughs) I understand that thing. I think also, you know, I don't know, man, this is probably going to hurt some people's feelings out there, but you know, that's why we, why we warn everyone to put on their big girl panties, but not everyone is, uh, is born a warrior, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. No. I mean, there's, there's guys who, I mean, even me, I don't, you know, you don't know how you're going to react until something happens. There, there's dudes that would, you know, that were contractors that were active duty, never saw anything. You know, they go over there, they act like badasses. The shit hits the fan and they freaking duck and run. Yeah. You know, I don't hold nothing against them because, again, you don't know what you're really going to do until you're faced with it. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I could have did the same thing, but, you know, yeah. luckily I didn't. Well, <laughs> and you could you could die, too. And that's yeah. not a, that's not an option yeah. either. So, well, you could die hiding, you know. Well, that's true. Yeah, you can, you can so, die yeah. fighting. It's weird day. things that happen to you when you when you get into situations like that, high stress situations. There's, you know, it's not the thinking or the frontal part of your brain that takes over. I don't think there's, you know, people just either are there in the headlights or they run away or they're the kind of person that reacts to stuff. I think it's just one of those things that's programmed in us. I mean, you would know better than I do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask, you know, how'd you do it that night? You know, 
a lot of it just goes back to the training. You, I mean, you are thinking, but a lot of it, it's just, it's just natural. Cause you just mm -hmm. go right in, right in. I, would, I call it like a robot mode. You just, you just react into everything. Just, just cause of all the training that we do. Mm -hmm. you're yeah. Not really thinking, I mean, you're processing everything, but it's just a reaction. Yeah. So, um, you were saying that you, you, you missed the contracting part of it. So after everything, I don't know if you want to talk about the whole Benghazi thing. I don't know if people really need to go back through that or, or if you need to do it, I think you've, pretty much laid that out you and Tonto and, and and all the other guys pretty much laid that out in a lot of different places. But, you know, when I hear you saying like, yeah, I missed that. What, what is it exactly about that, that you miss so much? Hey, like I said, it, it, the, the adrenaline of it. Um, a lot of it is, you know, pretty, a lot of it's boring. We get to do a lot of fun stuff and being around the guys that you're around, it's just camaraderie. Yeah. The, and, and the brotherhood of it. Every, you know, you're all like-minded and, you know, you get the same dark jokes and it's, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. yeah. So how well, is that? I mean, how, go ahead, Walter. Are you going to No, that's what I hear. You hear that a lot from people that, are, that come out of the military and they've been there for quite a while. And then when they get out, they're not with their, their comrades anymore and they're kind of lost. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have any, you know, like they go home and they're sitting around talking to the wife and, but she's not. She wasn't there, so she doesn't know. So they just yeah. they they go into bad places. Then I guess you'd say so. Yeah, I think also there's just some people who don't know how to get old and retire, you know, well, and live on a farm. You know, like, <laughs> but that's yeah. not for everybody. Everybody can't live on a farm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm living on a farm. I just haven't retired technically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's just there's some of us just. We just we're just a program like that, that we that we just want to fight all the time. Fuck. You know, we have that switch. It's either on or off. OK, I think there are some people that want to go over the Benghazi thing. So, um, you know, how long how long were you a contractor before that happened? Uh, about nine and a half years, nine and a half years. I'd say about nine years. Nine it, years. Happened, it happened in September. So, yeah. OK, I mean, I still I went back two more times after that. After okay, so did you go back to Benghazi? No, Olympia. Oh no, no, no. Okay, no. You, you weren't. That's because you weren't allowed. <laughs> the base shut down. Okay, so so oh so after that we we completely pulled out of there. Yeah, they right? pulled out of. Uh, yeah, Tripoli they pulled out of Benghazi. Benghazi. No, they pulled out of uh, Tripoli. They pulled out of Benghazi. Oh, I thought they closed the embassy in Tripoli too. Uh, it was a, it was a little bit. It was a couple months later. Uh, I think it was about six months. It was closed and they opened back up. Oh okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So before let's, before we get into the, the, you know, um, Libya and Benghazi, how many different places around the world did you go to as a contractor? Uh, probably at least a dozen. Okay. Were any of those places nice? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. We tried to get Switzerland, but we just, I don't know. They wouldn't let it go. <laughs> so what so uh when so part of going and contracting who were you contracting with uh majority of it was uh through blackwater and i did a, a couple with a company called sock and then i uh, went as a direct hire through the agency the agency cia yep okay um so when you decide that you're going to do that even though you have military experience and everything uh are you guys do you go through some kind of training camp again? You yeah, know, what you kind of to, stuff goes on? 
Yeah, there's there's a train up and you got to pass it. You know, it's kind of like any, almost any indoc because they want to they want to make sure that you're on everybody's on the same exact level. I mean, you know, because you get Delta Force guys, you got Navy Seals, you got Recon Marines, you got Rangers, and they all train a little bit different. So they want everybody to have an equal playing field, so they kind of know how everybody's going to react under certain situations. I mean, your training is still going to kick in no matter what, but you always have that fallback where you can, you, you have an idea this guy's going to do this most likely kind of thing. So okay. But yeah, the, you have to, uh, there is a pass and fail and there. There's more failure than there are passes. Okay. So is that like um, a lot of drills, small arm stuff, driving, tanks? What, you know, what kind of stuff do you have to do? God, I wish we had tanks. That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> you should. You should have. To. Everyone should have a tank. I know, right? <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, Walter, Walter has a couple of military vehicles uh, and some armored stuff, right, Walter? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't do any tank stuff. What did you do? Now, you know, you're doing a hostage rescue. You're doing vehicle drills. You know, a lot, obviously, a lot of shooting drills. So, I mean, it's, you know, PSD stuff, you know, escorting. Stuff like that. Okay. All right. Um, so, so I, I don't know if you want to talk about all the different places you went to before Libya. Were you, was it like uh, Middle East, Africa? Um, Middle East. I mean, Af- you know, Afghanistan, or Afghanistan and Iraq. Okay. And how long would you be out there? Like, how long would you? Because if you look at the movie, you guys basically, um, I guess the, the movie is, the, the main character in the movie is Jack, right? There's a, is that the name of the guy that like there's a guy that flies in and he meets up with you guys. You guys are yeah. already there. Yeah, Jack and Ron were like the two main characters of it. Okay, so is it because because when when I was looking at the movie, the whole way that he literally just came in on a regular flight to that place is that for real? Because in my brain, <laughs> I'm thinking you're coming in there with squadrons and you know I didn't realize like people just got on regular planes and showed up in an airport with all the people. So is that, is that how it goes? That's, that's how that one, no, that's how that place went. <laughs> okay. So, so it was, he, you okay. get there, man, you're just kind of looking around. You can get the stink guy for the most part every now and then, but you know, in Benghazi, it was, uh, the locals for the most part, they liked us. I mean, I never, I mean, they did come up, they shake your hand and they found out, especially they found out you, if they assumed you're an American, they'd come shake your hand and say, it's an honor finally meet an American. Thank I'm glad you guys are here, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that okay. was the first place that ever happened. Really? Okay. Yeah. For um, me anyways. Okay. So, <clears throat> I mean that, so how long was that after, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh no, no. So like, so when you were there, this whole thing, I'm trying to think of the timeline with Gaddafi, right? What was that? Um, it was uh, it was February of 2011 when the when it started, because mm-hmm. uh, 17 Feb Martyr Brigade, the one that was supposed to be protecting the consulate, right? They they got their name from the start of the of the overthrow of Gaddafi. Okay, so it was it was February of 2011 when it started. Okay, so and I think it, it might have been it might have been 17th of February because 17 February Martyrs Brigade is what they were called. Okay, so um. So you're saying like the, the the folks there were happy that you guys were there and helped to take out Gaddafi. The people right. in Benghazi hated Gaddafi. You know, he only went down there, I believe, one time in 30 years. So when he did, he almost got assassinated. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. 
he wasn't very welcomed. That wasn't his hood. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So those people were happy to see Americans there. And, you know, they thought, like, obviously, you're, you're having a revolution going on in the country. You know, um, the bad guy's out, but he still had a lot of his military, I'm guessing, was still around. And there were a lot of weapons that were now free. Everyone's fighting for territory, right? Trying to figure out who's going to be the the next dog. Yeah, the next top dog and all that kind of stuff. But the actual people on the ground, just the regular folks that were living there, happy to, were happy to see you guys. Yeah, because, I mean, they they knew that, uh, you know, we helped take out Gaddafi and you know, they're, they're from out from underneath his iron fist. So they could, they're more free to do what they wanted. They could speak out and talk because, you know, you know, they'd say one bad thing about him, rather if it was actually bad or not, if he didn't like it, you know, they, they just disappear. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so from your point of view, how did that whole thing play out, man? I know, you know, it's not an easy thing to go over, but how did that whole thing like play out on that day? Uh, I mean, on nine eleven. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the on the. Well, uh, I know they. I know that they had been probing. The bad guys had been probing that facility, and I guess they blew a hole in the wall like the day before, or something like that. I heard. Or no, it wasn't the day before. It was uh, about. I want to say four months prior. Oh, they were. They were. They okay. were t- testing the. This, the the. The, the the I guess the security or whatever the just to see what it was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean the. It, it, that was the third time it got attacked. Um, <clears throat> the first time it was just, they, they threw a, a, I think it was just a grenade over the wall. And the second time is when they blew the hole. It's about a full a Volkswagen size hole. And uh, I was actually there that night when that happened. It happened probably, I think it was about one, 12, between 1230 and 1.30 in the morning when it happened. Um, and Bob, the chief of base, he was the chief of base that time. And he wouldn't, that time when they got attacked, they wouldn't let us go over there either. And there was no follow-on attack, but there was only two security guys there to, for that eight-acre compound. So what was the whole mission? So I, I think, so the Bob character, that's obviously a real person. Was his name really Bob or that just a made-up made name? Every, everything's a made-up name. Stage right? name, stage name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and they were obviously the CIA people. What was their yeah. mission there? And then what was your mission connected to that uh you know they're you know the agency their their biggest mission you know that they're hunting down the terrorists you know um they're probably helping influence the uh, the elections you know just kind of okay. what they normally do anywhere else yeah were um, they trying to get back weapons and stuff like that i guess somehow <laughs> those guys got a lot of weapons with i don't know if it was american weapons russian yeah like, mix of everything well i know when Gaddafi, just just prior to him actually losing everything he told uh his military to open up all the armory and just leave it open okay. so his well, whole armory system was just left wide open for the civilian population to go in and take what they wanted i remember back then on the news they were constantly droning this he's got twenty thousand anti-aircraft missiles in there and they're and they're they're going to disappear and they're going to go to terrorist hands and I'm thinking, well, if there were 20,000 missiles out there, you wouldn't be able to fly over that country. And we were doing airstrikes and all this other stuff on, yeah. the, on stuff. So I think a lot of it, of the of the weapon, I know, but my, my understanding of what I heard on the news after that happened was, you know, a Libyan, I guess the Turkish ambassador was at that, at that location prior to the attack. That's what yeah. I heard. Yeah, I think he left about 30 minutes prior to yeah. the happening. 
and and I heard that the ambassador's mission there was trying to find out about weapons or something like that. And yes. then I hear there was a Libyan ship that showed up in the Turkish port full of weapons. And, you know, you it's a like, lot of things, Walter. <laughs> well, that was on the news. <laughs> OK. Now, at no, that time, no, that was on the news. And then shortly after that, the news went blank on everything. It's yeah. like nobody knew what happened. And I'm thinking, well, they just explained the whole thing. Pretty much a lot of it. And I'm going. Maybe it's about it's about it's about maybe. taking weapons to the bad guys in Iraq or in yeah. Syria. You know that whole ISIS thing. You know, and it's like, but then it, you know nobody talked about it anymore. I'm like going, huh? I wonder why. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, and, thirty thousand emails. <laughs> maybe maybe someone knew too much and they figured, well, we'll just let him die there. I don't know. You know, you know it's a possibility, but again, I work for the agency, not the State Department. So what they were doing, I really we had yeah. no idea. Um, I'm pretty sure the chief of base, the deputy chief of base, probably know. But uh, oh yeah, you know they yeah. they don't they don't tell us pretty. They'll tell us what we truly need to know. I mean, half the time, if there's a threat against us, they won't even let us know. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: like, who sets the agenda for the? Uh, you know, who sets the agenda for the CIA? Do they set their own agenda? Is it politically set? Is it whoever's currently pres uh, president? You know, whoever's currently running the administration? Uh, How the hell does that work? Uh, I think it's probably who's currently running the administration to a, to an extent. You know, with the the agency is probably going to do pretty much what they want to do because <laughs> mm -hmm. half the time the government doesn't even know probably what they're really doing. You know, we, remember we had that Arab Spring thing. And all that, 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 that worked out well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, well, the, so the, the whole weird thing about this, right? If my memory is correct on this, um, how long, like before all of this stuff happened, I think Gaddafi was actually here. Do you remember that? He was, before everything, uh, before all this stuff broke out, he actually came to America. I think he came to speak to the UN. He was trying to stay somewhere. Yeah. Was a whole thing with, they set up his tents in Central Park or something. Right. Because there was a whole thing of where he was trying to stay. And I think Trump was trying to like figure that out. And then finally they let him set up tents over there. Yeah. Right. All that kind of stuff was going on. Right. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, they, you know, they, they talked him out of denuclear, like getting his, because he had a nuclear program. Yeah. So they talked, they talked him out of that saying, well, you'll be okay. Don't worry. We'll just give us your yeah. nuclear stuff and you'll be okay. We won't mess with you, right? Well, lo and behold, I guess that wasn't the plan. Well, really. that's, I mean, that's really what I'm trying to get to here. What really goes on? Obviously, Tig, you're like on the ground. This thing impacted you. You know, you, you almost lost your life. There's friends that you had that did lose their lives. But how did this whole thing come about? You know, in, in these games that we play on the chessboard of the world, other countries, how do we go from being friends, frenemies, enemies? Um, yeah, I know. I think it was after the the second invasion when the Bush the Bush two went into Iraq. That's when Gaddafi kind of said, "Okay, wait a second. I don't want nothing part of this." That's when he started cooperating with us. You know, he was he was helping us go after terrorist organizations, stuff like that. And then, you know, the Obama administration came in, and the Arab Spring that whole thing started, and um, it was down. Uh, uh, freedom, I think we call it Freedom Square in Benghazi, and just a little conflict, kind of just kind of like the Arab Spring when it started. Just you know, what was the the uh, a vendor got burnt to death or something like that? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what started it. And then kind of the same thing in Benghazi, the local uh, military and the locals got in a little scuff, and they ended up 
killing one of the locals and that was it. It just pretty much erupted from there. That's kind of how it started. Yeah, because um, the weird thing to me is, is that at some point this guy was an ally of the U.S. I'm not trying to yeah. say he's a good guy. Yeah. I don't I don't believe he was a big guy. But in uh, the, I think the thing that a lot of people who have never been to other countries don't understand is that you need a bad guy to run a lot of countries um, in the third world, in the Middle East, in Africa, places around the world. You need that, right? Yeah, you need uh, they need to be led by an iron fist. Cause that's right. the sad thing is that's all they truly know. It's how they, it's how they grew up. Uh, I mean, look at what happened in Iraq after you overthrew Saddam. That should be the prime example. I mean, he ruled that place like an iron fist, and they became a freaking, you know, a cesspool of freaking nutcases. Yeah, um, yeah. You either that, decide you want like a bunch of bad guys running around, or one bad guy. You know, it's kind of terrible for for maybe the people who live in that country. But well, really, if you want to change that, you you uh, can't change it. Well, I'm, I'm as, saying as, as described by me today from the contractor. <laughs> There are so many tribes and so many this and so many yeah. that don't like this and they don't like each other. And you're not going to that's, that's evolved over thousands of years. You think yeah, it's going to take decades. Yeah. It's, five it's or six? Decade. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, look at look at uh, Libya right now. They, yeah. I mean, they're in I think Benghazi is just now out of a war zone. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they had a, what about seven months, maybe six months of really nothing going on. And then it just went to hell. And, yeah. 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 You know, it's because they don't have that iron fist. And I think that's what people don't understand about um, other countries. There's a religion in some cases. There's you know, there's a religion involved here. Right. Whether that's Christianity or Islam or any other religion, people also have their natural what's called their natural religion. This is what people don't you know, there's all these things that go deep. Right. There's caste systems, all kinds of things. Yeah. Tribes, all kinds of groups. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about all that stuff, Jake? How do you think about like world building? You know, we could talk about it from like the outside, you know, Monday night quarterbacking. Is that what that's? I'm not good with the sports references. We can talk about it from the outside. You're on the inside of that. You know, what do you think about all the world building that America is doing around the the world? But also people are asking America to do because I know there's people that hate America until they need America. Then they're like, how come you guys don't come over here and do something about this? What do you think about that? I don't think we should be doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to, I mean, look at all of our infrastructure here. We need to rebuild ourselves first. Um, yep. Yep. And, yep. You know, the, the fact that we got guys out there dying over a freaking road, over a bridge, you know, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. And so it, why the hell are we doing it? Why are well, we doing it? I think it has uh, has a lot to do with the fact that how many Americans have actually been killed over there. So a lot of guys, they feel like, you know, to honor their brothers, they have to stay over there and, and totally free the country. But you can't free the country if they want to be free. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, one neighbor's building a freaking bomb factory, even though he knows about it. He's not going to say anything because, oh, he's he's my uncle's uncle's cousin. Right. You know? Exactly. Right. But he, but we want a free country, but yet he's going to go out and start blowing up a, you know, a bunch of troops, not even American troops, just, you know. Or he'll go blow up all the other religion sect or the other religion. You know, they got the Sunnis and the Shiites. They hate each other, you yeah. know, and it's just silly shit, you know. <laughs> but we yeah. don't understand that. To me, it's silly shit, but to them, it's like, it's serious, you know, and it's like, you right. can't deal with that on a, on a rational basis. You can't. <laughs> They understand one thing over there. 
They understand one thing. <laughs> and, and if you don't, and, and what I understand early on over there, you'd hear this from a couple commentators from over there. They say people understand if you're, if you negotiate, you're seen as weak. That's how they, that's how they see somebody who negotiates because negotiations, you should be like, oh, fight. <laughs> Not like, Oh, well, let's talk about it. You know, they don't get that. Mm-hmm. Well, there'd be a times, you know, you pull out a gun and they wouldn't even flinch. You pull out a baton and they'd run. So, <laughs> I, I, I hear they don't like shotguns either. That's what I've heard, too. They have a thing for shotguns. So And dogs. <laughs> and they, they don't like dogs. Yeah, 90% of them do not like dogs at all. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. what you know, so it's a weird thing, right? How did America get its freedom, right? How did America find freedom? Ultimately, we had to fight. Yeah. You know? We had to fight even amongst each other. We had to settle our stuff. I think there were other countries at the time, obviously trying to influence things, right? But we had to fight, we had to settle it all out. You know, the people here that came before us, before me and you had to, to figure this out and, and fight, live, die behind trying to make America what it is. And still, obviously we have folks who are going out there and doing that, right? Oh yeah, yeah you know, but I think the one of the biggest things is we truly wanted it. You know, you know, we wanted that freedom. We wanted that separation. And, but there's, you know, there's a different, uh, 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 say, mental base, a different mindset, a different moral base than, say, in the Middle East or in Africa. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't that they don't want freedom. I just don't think they truly, un- as a whole, they don't they don't truly grasp the fact of how to be. Self-rule is not something they're, they're good at. Yeah, well, they just don't have the grasp of being loyal to their one country. They're, they keep going back to their tribe. Right. right. And that's, that's the biggest problem because the tribe that will get pissed off at the other tribe, even though they're <laughs> fighting for the same thing, they say, no, they're fighting each other again. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, like, coming together as a unit and going and taking out the terrorists that don't believe in the same goal as they, they have. Yeah. So um, with all that being said, okay, we were over there. I I know that here in America, they said that this whole thing unfolded because of some stupid ass movie. Oh, God. Right. Um, Is that what you guys saw? (laughs) Oh, fucking God. No, no. I mean, it's even, you know, it's if if there's a protest, they would they'd be releasing the video footage of the consulate. Because they're, they're, you know, they got the security cameras from outside the consulate. Oh yeah, they just a straight on attack. That's why they released it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. um, that is one of the biggest lies that's ever been perpetrated in this country. That they that whole thing started because of some guy making a movie or making a or whatever. It's like, it's but how does that, that rationalize? Like, I know what do I care if someone made a movie and it pissed off some guys? What does that have to do with Americans? And oh, we're going to go get these Americans now. It had nothing to do with it. It was just an excuse in this country. Right. It, it went against uh, the agenda at the time that Al Qaeda right. was on the run. Just kind of like you know when uh, when Trump says he they defeated ISIS. No, you didn't defeat ISIS. I mean, you you push them out of the, the neighborhood and you're, they're not defeated. Not completely. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like the same, same thing. Um, they just didn't want the you know, elections was coming around. So they had to find a, another fallback versus Al Qaeda just freaking overran an embassy and killed a U.S. ambassador. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that looks, so it's easier just to say, Oh, it was a protest went bad. But again, no. who protests at nine thirty at night with no, with no media. 
who protests with mortars? Yeah, I mean, mean, so basically the narrative that we were facing, I think, um, you know, this is from my point of view. You guys can either agree or disagree. Um, The way I see it, Obama was trying to say, no, Muslims can, you know, they can be our (laughs) friends. We can make peace. The whole world can be can be peaceful. (laughs) Right. That's that's what this was. So then the message was, hey, somebody set them off because they said this horrible thing about them and that's why they decided to do this other than that these guys are peaceful and they and they How? love us and it's all awesome yeah yeah because yeah you know they're they're all yeah. friendly and they they think the same way we do yeah they, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you know, as long as you don't mess with their goats they're all right um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean the thing that i think you have to realize is that you know a lot of people you know when when you're forced into things you know, if you're forced into something, if someone puts a sword to your neck and says to you, you know, convert or die, then that is the only thing you ever understand, right? That's why you have um, a, the culture of people that only force is going to make them do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what we're facing there. That's my personal experience. I've lived, I've lived in Nigeria. I've lived in the northern part of Nigeria, which is Muslim. That's where we have the Boko Haram right now. Still had it when I lived there back in the uh, in the late seventies. So <laughs> that's the you know you're talking about people that only understand force. Yep, well, that's part you of know? that's 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 the mindset. Yeah, um, and you know that's why Boko Haram went went to the uh, that school and took all the kids because they're being educated different than what they want them to be, and and they don't want to have that that free free thinking. So they just you know they go over there try to kidnap them and pretty much screw up their heads and make them think the way they want to think. Yeah. They've killed whole villages because they're Christians and stuff like that. Nigeria is a lot like that. There's three main tribes in Nigeria. One of them is Muslim. The other two are Christians. All of them practice what I call their natural religion. People don't realize that. (laughs) Basically it's like a voodoo kind of, you know, black magic kind of thing that comes before all those religions. And this is what people don't understand. I think. That that overrides everything. And the only thing that that keeps anyone in line is violence, mm-hmm. you know, okay. just straight up fear. So, OK, so um, but you guys had no there was no uh, warning. There was oh. nothing going on there. It didn't seem like anything was about to go down when all of this stuff broke out. No, I mean, you could you could feel like there was tension going on, but, it, you know, it was it was during the election. Uh, you know, you had a. Uh, politicians that were, you know, pretty much being assassinated and kidnapped, you know, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the first time they're ever getting ready to hold an election kind of expected it, but you know, the terrorist organizations, they started moving in because there was no real security inside Libya at all, really outside of Tripoli. There's pretty much nothing. So, yeah. Um, but, when I was, when I was looking at the movie, I saw that, um, like the ambassador came out there and he had like, how many guys did he have in his security, in his personal security detail? Uh, he came out with three. There was already two other on the ground. Okay. Three people. And the ambassador, that was his like security. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Who, who were those guys? Uh, State department security guys. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. Uh, okay. So, uh, cause I know that there's like things where you guys were looking at their security and all that kind of, did, you know, obviously um, I think you were a consultant for the movie, right? Yep. Okay. And you, you, you weren't in, you weren't actually in the movie, but you were a consultant, right? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, and then I forgot the name of the guy that played you. 
What did you think about that? Just as a side note, the guy who played you, do you think he was good looking enough? Not good looking enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I spend like, I spend, you know, sleepless nights thinking about who's going to play me in the movie. Take, so. That's yeah, I, well, you know, the wife said he did a good job. So. I oh, okay. There you go. So. That's, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know. um, I noticed he had, and you do, you wear glasses, right? Cause he was a little bit, he was a good-looking guy, but he was a little bit nerdy. Were you like the nerd of the squad? I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> he's the probably, only guy in the was, movie wearing glasses. That was probably Tonto. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tonto's the nerd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nah, just kidding. No, nah, you know, uh, sometimes normally I'd wear contact lenses, but at that 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 trip out there, I did decided just to wear glasses. I don't know why, which was okay. probably a good thing because my they probably melted. The dust yeah, and the dirt and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really that dusty there, really. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but, um, you know, if I had my contacts in, I wouldn't be able to go into the consulate at all because, I mean, it, the heat would have melted them right Oh, to the my smoke? Eyes. Yeah. The fire. No, yeah. They, just the heat. I mean, they would they probably would have yeah. melted. Yeah. Even I think there was a scene where, um, what's that guy's name? John Krasinski? The guy yeah. that played Jack. Yeah. Okay, there was a scene I think where he like he was driving or they were driving or something, and he he lost one of his contact lenses. Does that kind of stuff really happen? Was- <laughs> you know, he didn't lose his contact. It was like it was just going in out of focus because he took him out and he threw him back in when the attack happened. Um, so it wasn't. So as we were driving over there, his contact was just kind of like flipping around in his eyes. So his wow. eyes going in out of focus. Oh wow! So. Yeah, that's like the worst time ever to do that i would wear those uh those goggles that basketball players wear <laughs> the sports goggles yeah yeah situation like because that would be scary man imagine going through something like that and you can't see i don't know if you had that great of a vision of those guys out there when that stuff was going down anyway yeah you know i kind of knew what the guys looked like if i lost my glasses so okay so how did this whole thing how did the whole thing like um like take off from your point of view what were you doing how did you know how did you realize that something was going horribly wrong you know we're actually we're all getting ready to go to bed and we, uh, the team leader got a phone call you know i don't know why they say it over the radio but we got a they decided to call the team leader and uh, so he did a, a radio call and pretty much that's how we got informed at the concerts not that it had been attacked it was already been overrun so you know that's right you guys, you guys were off from that facility you had to come back into the yeah yeah, we're three quarters of a mile away. Yeah, so with three, so okay, so just to lay it out, he was in a complete different residence, um, a little bit less than a mile away from you guys, with just three bodyguards. Well, he had five. He had five. Okay, yeah. and um, and then and then the Feb- February seventeenth guys, or yeah, there are uh, four guys in there with them. So technically, you know, he had uh, nine security guys with him. Okay. And then there were the people, the locals that were keeping you guys secure. And not us. Keeping them, them keeping them yeah, secure, them right? Secure. Yeah. yeah and those guys just kind of left or something? Well, they had no guns. Uh, the Blue <laughs> Mountain guys, they had flashlights. So Wow. Yeah. yeah That's that another makes... thing that happens. That, that happens, right? People. But there was a lot of guns there. How come those guys didn't have guns? Yeah, I, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that's the way the State Department is. They don't want to they don't want to have that. Uh, uh, I guess the look of armed guards. Aggressive, front, want, aggressive stance. Yeah, they want to be more friendly. Yeah, until you, yeah. Okay. So, well, that was going to be one of my questions. I know there was other personnel there in that structure, and um, and a lot of those people survived. 
the thing, correct? Uh, and there's five the five security guys are the one that survived. Uh, the none of the lo- I don't think none of the locals on the consulate got killed. They got beat up. One I think got his hand blown off. Uh, the 17 Feb guys they. From what I was told, they actually, they did return fire initially, but then they took off. They took off, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought there were more people in the, in the building, so. Yeah. No. In the movie, the movie was shot in where, Morocco or something? Malta. Malta, okay. So I think for that movie, they actually rec- uh, recreated those two compounds, right? The ones that you guys were in, and then the yeah. other compound that they were in. Yeah. Did you, did you go out there for any of that? Did you actually go on the ground when, when they were filming the movie? Yeah, we got a week. Uh, we got to see the annex and the and the consulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's considered the consulate. They call it special mission, but whatever. Um, the, okay, consulate, yeah. the, the consulate. Yeah, I mean the the grounds looked really good, but it wasn't the same layout. It was pretty close, though. Don't get me wrong. They did a really good job. Now over at the annex, the CIA compound, it was it was probably about I'd say eighty percent, eighty five percent accurate. Hmm. Um, okay. you, know, they, you know, they made the uh, they're uh, the skiff, really like high tech Jason Bourne stuff. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. didn't, look, it didn't look like that. Okay, it was, it was, what's the skiff? Is that the room where they're looking at all the cameras? Or yeah, it's just a secured facility. Okay, okay. So <laughs> you can't get like any outside interference or anything like that. It's all shielded from all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's not all high tech where you can control <laughs> drones and no, <laughs> okay. no. I walked in. It's like, man, I wish it looked like this. Wish they had this stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's just Hollywood. Yeah. And then it seemed like from the movie, I don't know how realistic the movie is. That's why I'm at, trying to ask you these questions. Because it seems like when that whole thing went down, his guards were completely caught off guard. They didn't have guns or anything ready. They weren't. They didn't, you know. fire, they didn't fire one single shot. Okay. Wow. So, okay. Uh, is there that phrase, useless as tits on a boar hog? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hate the Monday night quarterback, the guys, you know, but, you know, their number one job was to protect the U.S. ambassador and no firearms. Nope. And they all made it. They all made it out alive and their main package is gone. Yeah, Yeah. that's a weird situation, right? (laughs) Yeah, the person they're supposed to protect is is dead and they're all alive. That's really. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a weird thing because they basically stuffed them into what they what was that like a safe room? What was that called? Yeah, Yeah, safe room. Yeah, so they stuffed them in there, but it looks weird to me because when the guys come, it's not like closed off where they can't shoot through it. It looks like bars, but they couldn't get through the bars. What the? <clears throat> yeah, it was just like a kind of I was thinking like a locked safe door. You know, it's iron iron gate that was up front, and they couldn't break through it. You know, if they probably shot an RPG at it, it. it I mean, you have to get you know obviously the RPG's got to hit the tip, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have got in if they actually hit it just right, but uh, you know, without the proper tools, you were going to get back in there. Okay, so he so he was locked in there with at least um, there was someone one else. security one security guy and Sean Smith. Yeah, and so they decided to just uh, pour gas. Uh, what is it like diesel or something, and, and set it on fire? Yeah, they set the whole building on fire with diesel fuel. Okay, so and that's what you guys got woke like woken up, or you about to go to sleep, and that's what you guys got alerted to, right? No, they didn't start the fire probably until actually we left before we left the annex. That's what kind of I think it's about five minutes prior uh, they started lighting the buildings on fire, and okay. when uh, 
Alec came on the radio and said, if you guys don't get here now, we're all going to fucking die. That was pretty much our last call. We went over there. You know, it still took us 30 minutes to get onto the compound because we're not going to run onto it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> unfortunately, we probably could have because when I went, I went up to the corner. I know this happened, how the movie plays it out, but I went to the corner. I lobbed uh, three grenades um, down there. And actually, when the first one hit, it dispersed all the attackers. And so if they would have been more on the radio communicating with us, we would have known and we could actually gotten our vehicles and been down there within, within 10 minutes. Um, cause we all went off foot. We know we tactically slowly, you know, we're not going to sprint down this cause that's it. We're just wide open. So we're, you know, we're moving in and out of the yards and moving. Oh, you didn't drive. I thought you drove some Mercedes down there. <clears throat> no, me, me, Roan, myself, Roan and Jack went on foot. Okay. As uh, Tonto and uh, and Boone were, you know, going on foot over the walls and stuff like that. So you know, it took oh. us time to time to maneuver oh, down okay. there. So yeah. So you were, you were coming in, and then you were probably going through like you didn't know whether or not people were good guys or bad guys, right? Because you're going through a village or something to get nope. there, or going just through going houses. Down. Yeah, just oh. going down dirt road. We ran into one local that came out. You know, I mean, it was a weird night, but there wasn't a lot of foot traffic after the grenades hit. Um, no, really, it, it did, it, everybody just because they didn't know what it was they probably thought it was mortars coming in or they probably thought it was a freaking plane up above dropping bombs right, right. um yeah, yeah. So, that, so that that allowed us to move on to the compound and when we got there again it was it was empty and okay if, if the state department guys got on the radio and said hey because he's got the cameras so he can see what's going on he could just get on the radio and say hey they're all because if we were all on the same uh radio frequency so he could said hey they're all gone and that we could have just then sprinted down the road or got in the vehicle mm-hmm. and drove down the road. Okay. But uh, unfortunately they didn't do that. So that cost, you know, you're looking at probably at least another 20 minutes for us to get on foot. I mean, all people think about ah, 20 minutes to walk 400 yards. Well, you're not sprinting. You're, you're walking slowly. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Otherwise you're going to run into something. Let me ask you a couple of questions here about preparedness. Uh, first question. Um, were you guys really as ripped as was in the movies? Just want to know. Was there? Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, we were a little bit more ripped, you know. <laughs> okay. Kinda, you know, it's kind of like uh, Mr. Olympia kind of look. So oh, okay. Donald. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the movies, they, you know, those guys had to do a lot of special training and everything. But on a serious note, what did you guys grab? Like, so when all of this was going on and you knew you had to make this trek down there, what kind of equipment did you actually grab to take with you? Because I'm assuming if you were going to bed, you're not going to bed. Like, I would be going to bed like this, man, with, with some something strapped onto me or whatever, but I don't know if that's what you guys were doing. What did you grab? I mean, you're not wearing it, but it's all next to your bedside. Um, you know, you got your body armor and all that stuff right there. So, you know, I had, you know, you got two different sets. I have a high profile body armor. I got low profile body armor. That night was the first night I actually grabbed a high profile, which, you know, I call it my battle rattle and it has, you know, it's the side plates and everything on it. You know, eight, I think it was eight carries eight mags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then of course you got your pistol, you got your rifle. Grenades you, know, you said you had, right? Yeah, I grabbed a grenade launcher and uh, I grabbed a machine gun, a belt-fed machine gun. So Okay, okay. Um, so that, you know, I, I'm, so you guys were carrying all of that stuff. What Did you have SBRs or just regular rifles? I'm just trying to. Yeah, I just say regular rifles. Regular, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you can't, you can't, yeah. that's one of the things you can't talk about. Yeah, that's what they told us to say, so. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I know it's stupid because the enemy knows exactly what we have. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. Listen, man, you got to, you know, you have to do what you have to do. Do you ever come out from under that contract where you can't say stuff? Nope. Can't say. I'm I mean, say. you can, but uh-huh. you better stand by the repercussions. Right. If they, de- if they decide to do anything. I mean, it's not saying they would, but I just, mm-hmm. I mean, knowing, knowing the exact weapon system really isn't that important to me. I mean, yeah. no. It's a freaking five five six. You know what's a five five six going to do, no matter what gun it's out of. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. No. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I guess the the reason why some people would want to know that out there, why I'm asking it, you know, there's a bunch of people that like in the in the the regular gun world out here, we're always thinking tactical, right? Like, what's the best? You gotta have this stuff and that stuff. I'm sure you deal with this all the time, or you look at us all the time. You're like, these guys are crazy. Um, well, you know, the thing is, the government doesn't always have the best gun. I mean, people think they do, but they're not going to buy the most expensive freaking rifle out there. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, not, not saying the most expensive rifle is the best gun, but they're going to buy the most valued gun, I guess you could say, value for the money. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just the way the government works. Yeah. Okay. And so everything was government issue. You didn't yeah. you didn't take your stuff down there or anything like that, right? No, no, I didn't got no like CMC trigger or JP trigger on it or nothing. <laughs> like that. Right, yeah. And if so, you're flying in, if you're like you said earlier, if you're just flying in on a plane, you're not taking that stuff anyway. No, because they'll they'll steal it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially, especially like body armor. And in the very beginning, you used to try to fly it through body armor. You know, you have your own mag holder, your uh, your own holster for your pistol or whatever, and you may have it and you may not. Right. So people, we just stopped taking it and they started shipping it all over their floors. Okay. Okay. So I'm guessing, because, you know, that's the thing a lot of people think about. In the heat of the moment, what are you grabbing? So you guys grab stuff. You went down there. What happened? Everything you can carry. That's what you grab. Everything. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So when you got down there, what happened? And I noticed, like, in the movie, uh, one of the things I liked about the movie, you guys weren't going Rambo style just shooting from the hip and like doing mag dumps and all that kind of stuff. You were actually taking shots one at a time. Is that realistic? Well, that's what I did. I mean, I can't really say, cause I was paying attention to kind of how I was shooting, not really how the other guys were shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause to me, it's not, it's not a video game. You know, you don't have limited, you know, unlimited ammo, especially when we're over at the consulate. I mean, we had what we had. Now we're over the annex. You could do call of duty on them. Because we had tens of thousands of ammo. I mean, we had so much ammo that we didn't even open crates of it. Right. So, yeah. But you weren't at the annex. You had to move down and see what was yeah. going on with those did, guys. Did the annex get violated? You're always violated. No, I mean, was it when, when you guys were gone? When, oh, okay. I won't even ask. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Even after even after we left, it never got the, they never got on the compound because the owner actually came right after we left. That okay, day we okay. left, he came back and secured his compound. Okay, okay, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, how were you in the? Because how many like actual firefights have you been in? I'm assuming that wasn't your first, and that you guys have been in stuff before. But bef- up until that moment, how many firefights had you been in, like life or death stuff? Uh, you know, probably over a handful. Okay. So in your mind, were you counting shots? Were you, were you thinking about this a lot? Were you just reacting? What, you no, know, what was happening? No, I, I'm not counting shots. I know people say, you know, it's, you know, do a lot of three gun competitions. Everybody's like, Oh, you got to count your shots. You got to know when your magazine is going to run dry. You know, if you, I'm not worried about when it runs dry, I'm just changing a mag. I'm not, 
if you're sitting there trying to count, trying to figure out your count, you're watching, doing this is so much stuff's going on. You're trying to hear what's going on everywhere else. You know, so it's, you're not counting your ammo. So like every, after every firefight, if I fired two shots, I'm changing a magazine. Okay. I'm just, I'm just putting a fresh one in. Okay. So what happened when you guys got there? I, uh, you know, we just started searching for the ambassador. Uh, once uh, Tonto and Boone decided to show up, uh, we we went over, cleared the other side of the compound, came back, started searching for the ambassador. And, you know, we were there for, I think they said about two hours and we got counter-assaulted. Uh, we repelled that counter-assault. The State Department guys, they took off in the middle of the counter, actually in the very beginning of the counter-assault. Um, we repelled that one and we kind of worked we went with about 10 minutes. We were kind of trying to figure out what we were going to do because uh, they didn't know if the ambassador had been kidnapped, um, if he had taken off on foot or if he was still inside the building, you know, they had no idea what happened to him. So as we're sitting there trying to figure out if we're going to keep searching for the guy or, or leave ourselves, the drone came back and said, you know, you got there's about 50 to hundred, hundred people starting to move down towards you guys. So, you know, there's, Technically, five of us on this whole entire compound getting ready to take on 50 to 100 individuals. Mm -hmm. And so it's, we had to make the decision to take off. Oh, okay. Um, so what was that like? Because the only air, you didn't have really air cover, right? You just had a drone. You couldn't get any other air cover in there? That's what they said. Um, okay. You mentioned cameras. Do those cameras have a link to somewhere else? No, not at that time. I don't think they did. I honestly, because okay. there wasn't a live feed. Somebody was watching someplace. No, because they didn't. They got uh, when they get the they got the security footage. I want to say like just like two three weeks after. Okay, so they did. Someone did recover the security footage. Yeah. Okay. That'll be, that's probably something we'll never see in our lifetimes. Mm, yeah, probably not because it goes against the, the whole narrative of what happened. Um, not until some people are dead. Mm, yeah, probably. And one of, <laughs> yeah, one of the last name Clinton. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. As long as, as long as there's a chance that someone could run for president. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come so, one day. One day it'll come out. Trust me. Right. Yeah. Now. Um, so. So from there, you guys had to make your way back to your compound. Right. Because you you found one guy. I think that guy already. Sean, he already yeah, yeah. Sean Smith. Yeah. He'd already passed. Yep. Um, and I think you were you trained as a um, as a medic or something like that? You know, we're all pretty much trained on, uh, I would say, combat. Yeah. Combat life saving. Yeah. So I'm not a medic by far. I mean, I can do CPR, okay. I can plug a wound, I can do a trach, tracheotomy, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but Roan, yeah, Roan Ron was an actual medic back home and so was Bub. So he was the trained guy. Uh, Jack was actually the one though doing the CPR because yeah, I think Roan okay. pretty much knew he was already gone. But he, once, if you don't like interfere with each other as because otherwise then too much stuff starts going on. So Jack was already treating him. So me and me and Rollins went and started searching the, the building. But uh, yeah, he was he was already cold and gone by the time we showed up. Okay. And um, from my understanding is, so the building was still on fire and all that, right? Like diesel, a diesel fire. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize they also, when they, when they paint over there, they cut the paint with diesel. Oh, so oh, it wow. burns also, yeah. Wow. So 
Okay. So, and you were going in there looking for people. Did, do you have any lasting effects from, from that? I mean, did you have a mask? (laughs) What did you have to go and run into this uh, fire? (laughs) Uh, Just my mouth. Okay. So I'm assuming (laughs) you got messed up from that. Yeah, I was home. I had to stay home for about six months. Pretty much is what they said. I had road rash on the lungs. That's wow. how they kind of explained it. So I was taking steroids and uh, antibiotics to make sure I got no infection. Uh, okay. How, how's your lungs now? You know, I feel like I get uh, kind of like when, you, like when you run the cold and you get that, your lungs get all burnt kind of feeling. I get that all the time. Okay. Okay. So but, this is something, I mean, we're, you're never going to actually recover from that 100%. Probably not. Okay. Unless we get you a lung transplant. Yeah, I'd rather keep my own. Yeah. <laughs> don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. No, not a good idea. Yeah, you never know what you're getting into. Okay. Idea. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of it, man. I know that had to be like, you know, you probably just weren't even thinking. You are just reacting to stuff. So you, so in, So when you guys, you found the one guy, you went in there, you didn't find the actual ambassador, right? Nope. Because no, I think... Go ahead. He, he was found about one thirty in the morning after all the smoke had dissipated and uh, the locals were uh, able to uh, move. They weren't even the, the actual attackers. They're looters. Uh, they, they were able to get all the way inside the, the villa and they found him in his bedroom. He was um, bent. I was on his knees. Obviously, he's bent over the bed, half on his bed, half off his bed. Um, they drug him out. They have that picture, you see. Yeah, that's the picture. You know, they, they drug him out. And actually the neighbor who actually been visiting with the ambassador um, prior to him to uh, this this time when he showed up, um, saw who he had and he had his driver run, get his car. He grabbed the actual, he grabbed the ambassador, dragged him up the, the road, threw him in his car and and took him to the hospital. Okay. Was he, was he still there or was he out by then? So a lot of people keep asking me, this is the easiest way I can put it. When we found, when we got there and we found Sean Smith, he was already dead. Yeah. So I mean, when you found- look, when you, if you look at that video, that doesn't look like the video of a live person that, no. you know, there's, they, there's video of them, ta- of, of someone taking him out. He doesn't right. look alive. Yeah. yeah. But again, they, they found him four hours after we found Sean Smith. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that kind of, yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to torture a dead body. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but it, but there's but they got I I got to see the actual footage that they had they had a camera on them the whole entire time when they got him out and took him up to the car and took him to the hospital and I got to see the whole entire footage. I mean, he was there. They didn't do anything to him. Yeah, he was expired in your opinion, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was expired. I know they say, well, look at this. He got a blood spot. That's a that's a bold hole. He got this. You know, look at his belt. It's this way. He guys are freaking stupid. Lips were you know, blue. Yeah. I mean. You know, that hole could have been from anything. could have been a scratch. It could have been, yeah. you know, them. I mean, they don't cut their fingernails, you know, but it yeah. wasn't like, you know, for one, if it was a bullet hole, there'd be a lot more blood than what it was right, anyways. Because, right, right, right. you know, you don't, you know, you only bleed when you're alive. And there was yeah. not a lot of blood anywhere on it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you guys made it back. You made it back to your compound, right? Yep. Okay. And then what went down over there? <clears throat> you know, we... Uh, we uh, we got we got ready to go. And when I say ready to go, we went to our our positions that we always had pre-planned, and you know we got attacked three times. Um, the Bubs team came down from Tripoli, 
and they got to our compound after the two initial attacks and uh, about five thirty in the morning was the final attack and that that was when the mortars came in and Rowan and Bubba ended up being killed in those in the and pretty much the third mortar that got that landed, they they had hit us a total of five. Three of them hit their target, and it was a minute and fourteen seconds, I believe. It's how long that whole entire attack that that last attack lasted a minute and fourteen seconds. Mm. So wow. from is what they, is how they base it off of is from the the initial flash in the camera to the very last flash in the camera from the mortars. Okay, so, so the I don't know Walter if you have any questions, feel free. Did um have have I can't remember if has any of the uh, if they knew who did this or thought they knew who did it. Have they caught any of these people? There was one guy, right? There's one guy that they, <clears throat> they were prosecuting. Do you they got one one guy's in prison. Um, there's another guy that they captured as well, and I haven't really heard anything about that one. Uh, the the one guy that's in prison now is um, I forgot his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, did uh, you see I, when you were out there? When you were on the ground, did you ever see that guy? Do you know that that's the guy? Do you feel that's one of the people, or you know, what do you think about that whole thing? The aftermath. Yeah. You know, there were so many. I mean, there were so many locals that was there. I mean, I wasn't. The only thing I was cared about was if they had a gun or not, if it was pointing at me or not. That you know, um, even if I saw that guy, I probably wouldn't even recognize him anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. For one, it was. It's dark. You're not really, you know, it's not daylight. So, uh, you know, the whole aftermath, even the, just how they handled the whole thing, the whole, that whole administration after they handled afterwards was a joke. Yeah. So what happened to you? I mean, I want to, uh, um, you know, I'm not trying to get away from it, but I know this because everyone sees this. It's out there. It's in a movie. You guys mm-hmm. have done uh, interviews. There's probably some documentaries and things like that out there. But, you know, what I'm concerned about is you and, you know, with you, what happened in the aftermath of this? Were you because because we could see that the, the CIA guy, Bob, <laughs> right, he was 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 he that much of an asshole? Was he worse you know, did you get in, did you guys immediately get into trouble right after this? What happened? I don't think, no, we didn't get into trouble. And again, I did more deployments afterwards. Um, you know, you know, why, why, why they said there was no stand down order, the one that he gave, I have no idea. Uh, but he was, that was pretty much how he was. That's how the movie portrayed him. Um, okay. It's, where is that guy? To, where is that guy today, man? Do you ever, do you know, have you ever run into him? Is he? Uh, no. Last thing I heard, he was a contractor out at the farm, so he's teaching uh, the up and coming CIA personnel <laughs> how to be assholes. That's yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. So that guy got I mean, to like he got I to mean, retire and all that kind of stuff, yeah, right? I mean, he might be a he, you know he's he's probably a really good spot. He's probably really good at what his job was, but he's not a good leader at all, in my okay. opinion. Um, yeah. he's, he's more of a, yeah, he's just a bureaucrat. Yeah. yeah. And in a situation like that, that's the guy who's in charge. There's not someone thinking like, Hey, we're in a hot spot here. There's not someone who's, who is immediately in charge of safety and security. You just, you know, and then there's some guy like him who gathers whatever Intel or whatever they need, or that guy's the boss. He's uh, he, that's his base. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sucks. Here, here's um, a rifle. <laughs> yeah. yeah what about jack was that so that is that was that a real person a real character yeah, it's, it's a real person just not that's not that's not his name obviously. okay all right is he but, okay go ahead no he's he's uh you know he's got his own home life and he just didn't want the the 
you know, the public scrutiny, I guess, kind of like, you know, the bull crap that we got to go through. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got a small family business and he didn't want it to get ruined because, you know, Democrats, they're so, uh, vindictive. Uh, I would say, um, evil, maniacal, <laughs> um, self-centered, <laughs> uh, I could say it for you, man. You, you know, yeah, uh, pricks, you go easy. Um, <laughs> JOs, yeah. um, they're yeah. so compassionate that they would understand yes, and understanding. That's, yes. And they would not, they would not harm his business whatsoever because they're so, you know, yeah. are you guys caring. still, are you guys still dealing with that? I mean, are you, uh, you know, believe it or not, I can see in the chat. I think I saw in the chat there was someone there yeah, trying to like chastise you in the chat. Are you still dealing with is, a lot of that? Is it quieting down? Is it Fred Slice? Um, I don't know. Maybe it could be, it's possible. Because <laughs> well, actually, oh, well, I'm actually in a defamation lawsuit with this guy. He, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, his name's Fred Slice. He lives out of Dallas. Um, okay. He's he's what is that? Beto Beto Burrito guy that was running out there in Texas. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. But if there's someone a, like that in there, I would encourage the moderators that we have to like get rid of that person. I don't want them. No. So yeah. So he yeah. He, uh, he started like saying uh, that yeah you know, he's got proof that I lied about the standing order that I committed perjury, um, and he has proof because he was a former intelligence officer, and then he tried to make himself more of a, I guess. Uh, raise his own status by saying he was an army ranger officer. Oh, he's, he, yeah. So he's, he's won all those awards. He was putting in, he's got put in from the medal of honor, but he didn't get it. And so, <laughs> so he's trying to validate himself, I guess, by saying all this stuff. And so finally I just, you know, yeah. you can say what you want. I mean, you can say that I lied about standing or whatever, but to sit there and say, you got proof and that I lied, that uh, I committed perjury. Um, well, that technically trying to spread that I committed a crime is actually a crime in itself. Yeah. And so, what reason, what reason would you have to do that? I have no idea. Well, you know, I mean, the, this is not, this is not the greatest thing in the world for your career and your family and all that. Right. I mean, obviously I there's folks, folks like us that support you and everything, but you put yourself out there in the world. It's not an easy thing to do. I don't know. I mean, I was better off being a contractor to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I already knew that. I mean, I knew, you know, it's, you know, the money, the money's, you know, yeah, people always, you made a book, you made a movie, you got to be really rich. But, you know, the only people make money off is the director and the actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like, if you look at it, the movie, for example, cost $50 million, they maybe made 60 million in Hollywood. That's not a huge success at all. No. <laughs> you so, know, so, yeah. and then you guys, but, so is that a book that you wrote or you Tonto and, and Oz, you guys wrote that book or? Well, the five was wrote at 13 okay. hours, the inside okay. account of Benghazi. But again, what, what, what do I gain? Is what, is what the, what the, the, the thing is, is I lied about the stand on order to sell the book. Mm-hmm. The lie down order is not going to sell the book. The story is going to sell the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The only, yeah. only, only small-minded individuals believe that me saying there's a standout order in Benghazi is going to sell a book. Yeah. Whatever people think is controversy out of this thing, this thing is pretty much on the record. And it was, I don't think there's anyone looking at this except maybe Hillary that thinks that this was an okay thing that went down, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you got Adam Schiff, Adam Smith. They all, they all. You know. Oh yeah, they're all. Uh, well, they're they got to play the party line because that's yeah. that's their life. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, okay. So, um, so with the with the book, um, it, you know, 
is that what you guys are doing to, is that how you're making a living now? What do you do? I see there's questions there. Like, how do you make a living, man? If you're, I go down, if you're not able to contract. I go down the street corner um, on Nevada and I-25. You know, I can help you out with that. You know, pimps up, hoes down. <laughs> no, I do uh, If you want to be in a movie, I could put you in a movie. (laughs) But I don't know if the wife is going to be super happy. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go very. She's going to probably hunt me down after that. (laughs) No, I I do a lot of speaking events, you know, do firsthand accounts, stuff like that. Um, Leadership lessons, lessons learned from that night. Um, Obviously, do meet and greets. People want to meet us. But uh, I do a a lot of shooting company. Well, I do a lot of shooting competitions. So I have a, I have companies like Brownells and car that, that, that uh, sponsor me for that stuff. So that's kind of what I do for a that's living. Cool. Okay. All right. Wrong cool. with that. Um, let me see. There's a couple of questions. Uh, uh, Crackbot wants to know if there was no stand down order, why was a four star general and admiral relieved for trying to help? <clears throat> so yeah, again, you know, the stand order that I know for a fact that happened was told to us by Bob. The other ones, you know, I can I can speculate and I can just do hearsay what other people told me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, again, you had two high level officials that were leave that night. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was plenty of time to act. Oh yeah, people said there wasn't enough time. There was plenty <laughs> of time to act. Well, people got to remember, eight hours prior to us being attacked, the embassy in Cairo was being was got overran. Why wasn't military assets being sent? during that time that eight hours prior does be right. attacked mm-hmm. it's things that should have been spinning up and moving regardless right. but you know you gotta yeah. you know pretty much is how i kind of how the administration was just picture bob that's how the administration was yeah. bob did the exact same thing to us that, yeah. that the administration did in the military right but what yeah. kind of chicken shit operation is that where they put people they put an ambassador out there with no um yeah. it's no called cya I mean. it's called cya my friend yeah, yeah that, that's all it was and you know the biggest reason why he was out there because hillary's supposed to be come out there and visiting in october so it was kind of like a pre-setup for her to come out and visit she was coming uh, to benghazi yep interesting okay maybe that too bad anyways never mind i won't say it um yeah <laughs> yeah because they were they were gonna like uh, unveil that you know mission accomplished thing <laughs> yeah do a little george bush on the carrier deck thing yeah, yeah i think yeah. so right what, what do you think about that pretty much that's that's yeah I would, oh, man that's what they thought they were going to be able to do and then people said hey you they guys can this. try to manipulate this as much as you want to <laughs> yeah. but you know that's not how it goes yeah people yeah. didn't go along with the uh with the plan oh yeah. nope those people didn't get the script, I guess. Uh, I guess they didn't get the they didn't get the stand down order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, someone wanted to know there was a part of the movie, so I'm just going to do this before we, uh, you know, before I forget it. There was a part of the movie where um, that the guy that came in with uh, with the plane was looking for you guys, and they couldn't. He, they got lost or something. Remember that? Um, I, you, you said the guy's name earlier. Uh, yeah. That they, you know, you know, they got a bag no, of money. They, yeah, they didn't get lost. The uh, the militia that was supposed to meet them there initially didn't mm-hmm. didn't show up, so they got stuck at the airport. They didn't get lost. They got stuck at the airport. So we had to uh, the other case officers and actually the ones that even up in Tripoli were trying to find another militia to uh, go get them and bring them to us because they had no vehicles. All they had, okay. they had a plane, um, and the militia they ended up finding was called the Libyan Shield, and they brought us to us. Um, 
And, but the, the actual, the militia that uh, came and I would actually say the militia that rescued us were ended up being Gaddafi loyalist. That was his military. Really? That's ironic. Um, yeah. You know, the thing about Libya was, and people don't understand it before Gaddafi went away, you could go to Libya and go to the beach, hang out. Yeah. It was fine. And then uh, we introduced freedom or something like that. Yeah, we didn't introduce freedom. <laughs> we just we introduced chaos, basically. Well, that's that's the excuse. Well, they, they had, well, well, they had freedom for about six months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. again, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I, I enjoyed being over there. I'm, uh, I'd probably say that's probably the nicest place I've been. <laughs> Didn't smell the nicest, but it was um, definitely some of the more nicer people. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, hold on. So there's a there's a question here from the real Cujo. He gave us uh, he gave us uh, ten bucks here. He says, "How's your hand doing after all those surgeries?" Also, God bless you and everyone who serves. Um, was that you that did you have problems with your hand or was that um, that was that was Oz. Um, yeah, that was Oz, right? Yeah, I think he's he had like 12 or 13 surgeries. Um, he's got use of it, um, but it's, you know, it's not what he have his thumb. Because I know I've saw something where he said he really didn't have that. The thumb wasn't working. Is that getting better? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, he can he can grip a can. I mean, he has okay. his thumb. He can grip a can. Um, even the. Um, you know, the State Department guy, I can't, I can't think of his name now for some reason. You know, he, he, you know, he got his leg and his arm pretty much almost severed off, and they ended up saving both both those. Oh, um, good. Okay. So Dave Ubin. Okay. Uh, and he ended up going back, working with the State Department, and doing still doing security and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how, how well off he is, but I had somebody actually contact me and said he's got full use of it, but I don't know what they mean by full use. Okay. So, okay. Um, how about you? Other than the lung, the lungs, obviously, um, you know, anything else? Uh, I got a TOS, which is a thoracic outlet syndrome. So it like cuts off the blood flow and makes your hands go to sleep a lot. Um, I've had to have uh, my own knee surgery, you know, just, just little stuff like that. I actually ended up getting a TBI. So I'm doing treatment. I've been doing treatment for that finally this year. That started a little bit last year, but so mm-hmm. it's, Everything's slowly coming along. Okay. All right. Um, so the question I was going to ask about those guys trying to find you, there's a part in the movie where someone used a laser or something. I guess they yeah. called it lassoing the position. Is that real or is that just yeah. a movie thing? No, I mean, it's, it's real because you got your night vision. A lot of, I'm not saying not all terrorists do or they, you know, they don't really don't have night vision capability. So you just, you just get an IR light shining in the air. So they kind of, I mean, they, they know where we are, but it's just easier to last call it lasso it in because they can see it going off in a circle up in the air. And as they, cause they got nods on it. So it just guides them in a little bit, a little bit faster. Okay. So that's a, that's an actual thing. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Um, so someone wants to know if you still hang out with the guys like Oz, Tonto, you hang out with yeah. those dudes. Yeah. I saw Oz out in, uh, at shot show. Uh, this year didn't didn't see Tonto, but he was out there. He was pretty busy himself. Oz was just kind of wandering around like a lost chicken. Um, okay, <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah, you know, we still talk. Obviously, you know, we, our own lives kind of take us off in separate directions, and that's just that's just life. It's just kind of like the military guys, you know. Eventually, right. you know, but you still talk. Just, yeah, you're just not constantly hanging out all, all the time anymore. Yeah. What about Boone? Was it Boone? Because I think he got pretty damaged, right? No, he was already damaged before he got there. Oh. <laughs> um, now Boone, now he actually he he was he stayed contracting for a long time. 
Um, okay. But once the uh, the administration, uh, once they that I think it was their last day in office, they pulled his clearance so he couldn't work anymore. So really? now he's yeah. What? So now yeah, he they they did it to all of us. I mean, oh really? Was, yeah. But so, they waited until their last day. They didn't do this to you guys during the administration. Yeah. The last day they yeah. pulled everyone's security clearance. Yeah. That's dirty dog. Okay. Yeah. Did that ever come yeah, out so in the news? Yeah, it did. But then, you know, they try to fight it back. I think Schaefer's even commented on it. And of course, the Democrats, oh, that never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, yeah, I did. Um, okay. Is that what keeps you out of the contracting game? Or you're just done with it anyway? Okay. No, because, you know, like I said, I got, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to know where my physical capabilities are. And I don't want to yeah. put somebody else's life in jeopardy just because right. I think I can still do it. Um, so, you know, like, again, I had to have uh, decompression surgery on both my elbows just from the nerves. So it's just, you know, little things like that. They start to add up. I mean, I'd love to do it again, but I just, there's no way. Okay. Yeah. You're just one of those old dogs, you know, put you out in the <laughs> pasture and you can teach the little young puppies something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with, how old are you? Uh, 42. 42. Oh, you're young. You're young. Yeah. You're still a puppy. Yeah, I got much. years. I got years on you, Tig. <laughs> just, just a little broken. <laughs> yeah, based on what you've been through, you probably got years yeah. on me. <laughs> you know, I would say, but I mean, um, I still do. You know, I'm still doing. You know, working out, doing the tactical games. So, yeah, know, you're you're competing, right? You're a competitive shooter. Yeah, I try to be. Okay, uh, who? What team do you compete for? Not really a team, you know, you're oh, just kind of, okay. you're individual, but again, you know, Brownells and Car Arms, they sponsor me and I'm actually uh, an ambassador for the Tactical Games. If you guys don't know it, go to, go to the tacticalgames.com and uh, it's it's kind of like CrossFit meets uh, Two Gun. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, Richard Hughes gave us two bucks. He wants to know, do you know the bearded black cowboy? Because I, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I, I know who it is, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I've never, I've, you know, I know of him, I should say. Okay. Is that what we're getting? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Let's leave he, that there. Huh? Go ahead. He, he, oh, he does, I think he does a lot with uh, uh, Tonto and Boone. Because Boone, Boone does a lot of training with uh, Battle Line Tactical. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, and then, I, you know, I don't, we've got some time here, but I don't want you to, you know, for this to end without talking about your foundation, do you want to explain the foundation to us and, and what, you know, we can do and the folks out there can do to, uh, to help support you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's called a uh, beyond the battlefield, the Tigan foundation. Um, and pretty much is what we, our main focus is try to get a uh, service members, first responders, uh, a service dog. Uh, but that we don't just stop there. We don't get that all. I didn't want to say let's stop, let's stop there. We, we help veterans and first responders any way we can. Uh, well, we've helped two veterans with their homes. We've gotten uh, two veteran service dogs. Uh, we've buried a World War II veteran. Uh, we've helped some with the uh, bills that they couldn't pay. You know, we've went up and helped hang up lights. We're in the middle of helping one veteran kind of redo her house. Um, she actually, she's, she's an active duty vet. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, not active duty, uh, um, National Guard. Her brother was National Guard, and actually, they're getting ready to deploy. Her, the, her brother and her dad were in a, dying in a plane crash. So, oh, 
she went from a three three income household to a two income to a single income household. So we're trying to help her out. You know, again, we just we just try to help out in any way possible, no matter what it is. Um, you know, we just uh, got a veteran. You know, two hundred fifty bucks so he could be able to buy food. Um, you know, just like within like ten minutes of us finding out he needed money to buy food. So again, we just do what we can when we can. Okay, that's, understood. That's the biggest thing. Okay, and so I did put a I did put a link in the chat, but there's also a link in the description of this video to the Tigan Foundation. Uh, what do folks need to do when they go there? Like, well, you know, um, do you guys have it all laid out or? <laughs> uh, well, the wife's in the middle of kind of redoing the website, so I don't. Oh, okay. really, so it's been I haven't been on it um, recently, um, but it, I mean it's 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 pretty simple and straightforward. I believe I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's got a donate button. I mean, obviously the biggest thing that runs foundations, it's, you know, it's donations. I mean, we can't do anything without donations. Right. Um, so, you know, we got, we got, we got four events that we're doing this year to help raise money. To, so, you know, the okay. more money we get, the more veterans we can help. Okay. What kind of events, uh, where, you know, where, when, um, we got one going on in, uh, uh, see, where's it at? Man, I gotta look at this thing. Alabama, uh, right actually at the uh, USS Alabama Battleship Memorial. That's going to be in May 11th. Okay. Um, this will all be on our website. Uh, I think the next week the wife will have it all finalized. And we have this one thing we're calling it's a warrior weekend. We'll bring about, we try to bring between 15 to 25 veterans out and just kind of let them have a, a good relaxing time. And then uh, it, that's actually in uh, Burnett, Texas. And that's June 22nd at a Pevely, Reveille Peak Ranch. And we'll have a, you know, a nice little gala there too. So if you want to come out and help, but this place is, if you're out in Texas near Austin area, it's, it's a freaking awesome place. Um, and then uh, September 13th in Orlando, Florida, we got another one, another gala we're doing in October 19th. Uh, this one I think is going to be in New York which would be the first time I've actually done anything in New York, which is going to be kind of crazy. Okay. So. In this, in the city, in New York city or upstate? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I can't. Oh, okay. But uh, it, it, again, it'll be all posted on uh, beyond the battlefield by next yeah. week. We'll have it all laid out. And, yeah. If you, you know, run into Hillary, I've got a couple of messages. I would like you to send along. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I promise I'll love her to death. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, we won't go any uh, further than that. That's a, yeah, that's a scary thought. <laughs> that's not a good use for your powers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, not a good use. Um, so, okay, is that was that the last event in September right now that's on the docket? Yeah, that's. I mean, we. I mean, that's that's like that's for right now. I think that's pretty good. But if anybody else wants to host anything for us, we'd you know. The okay. more, the more, the merrier. I mean, again, the more funds we got, the more veterans we can help and first responders we can help. Okay. How do people get in touch with you other than the organization? Um, how can folks get in touch with you? What social media are you on, et cetera? Uh, as long as I'm not being shadow banned, I'm pretty much on all of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, you know, it, it, it's all under John Tigan. Uh, that's how you can really find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, uh, Facebook. So that's, it's pretty simple to find me. I don't, I don't try to hide myself. Okay. All right. Good. Jafari H says, and probably is being a little cheeky here. If, if you want to come train him, he'll give you a couple of bucks. 
Um, <laughs> so generous. So generous. Yeah, yeah. Do you actually do you do any training? You have any training events going on for people who want to come? You know, do stuff with you. Shoot. Um, I've, I've we've I've done a couple with the retired cop out of Fort Worth. Uh, we're mainly just we train women because they're just a little bit more uh, spongy and they they listen. Uh, they don't say, well, I did it this way. Back. <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years. and I'm, uh, uh. It's like, well, why'd you come to the course then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. To um, tell you, to tell you. People always like yeah. to tell you. Yeah, I know. So it's, uh, yeah. but, you know, me and him have been talking about, we'll probably have a couple more. We're, we're probably going to expand this year and try to do a lot more. But last year, he had to have to have surgery. I might have to have surgery on my arm this year. So it's kind of. We'll kind of see how everything plans out, but uh, right now it's we're it's in the works, I should say. Okay, all right. Um, if anyone has questions, you guys can hit us up with some questions right now, and uh, we'll we'll get to those if we can. Um, let's see. Brian Quick says, "Curious how Tig feels about five five six effectiveness." I wish the military go to a better round. <laughs> okay, what what do you think would be better? I, uh, you know, I'm not a very good, uh, I'm not a whole up on the ballistics, but, um, you know, you know, six and a half are probably pretty good. I don't think we need to have a, you know, the seven, six, two, three away. And that's a pretty heavy round to be, you know, carrying around, especially if you got eight mags mm-hmm. and, you know, everything else that you got. But I think just uh, something because the five, five, six is just traveling so freaking fast that these guys, you know, it's in and out of them before they even know it. You know, if it doesn't hit a bone, it's, it's, you know, it's a clean shot. You know, know, you're hitting the guys, you know, three, four times. If you don't hit him in the skull or him in the, you know, in the the right spot, you know, they just keep coming because half of them are high anyways. Mm -hmm. You know, you hit him with, you know, you hit him again with a seven, six, two, they're pretty much, they're going to, they're going to know it. Yeah. Okay. So in your, in your experience, right. in these skirmishes that you've had, um, What's the distance that you've been fighting in? Because, you know, people always have that debate. I have that debate with people. Like, what do you find is the average distance that you wind up having a firefight in? Across the street. <laughs> okay. So what, like I 10, mean, 15, 20 you, yards? You, you probably, I would say within 100 yards. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. yeah. Especially where we're at, I mean, we're not out. Again, we're not military. I wasn't in the military doing it all, so I wasn't out there patrolling the mountainside either. So everywhere I was at, you know, you're in, you know, you're inside neighborhoods and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't need something that's going to reach a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. Okay, you would rather have something that is going to reach a thousand yards, right? No, no, because everything's more, you know, close quarters. I mean, okay, I mean, look at look at the consulate. Look at the biggest ways look at a firefight in Benghazi. I mean, it was, uh, you know, the consulate went around the dirt road. It was about four, you know, 400 meters away, you know, to the front gate. So, I mean, I don't need, again, I don't need a round that's going to need to travel a thousand. So I'd rather, you know, get out of something a little bit bigger, a little bit more impactful, like, you know, mm-hmm. six and a half. It's, it's still light, you know, but still got more of an impact. Okay. Um, and, and like when you guys were zeroing and stuff like that, where were you zeroing? 50 yards, 100 yards? Uh, it's about 32 yards. 30. Okay. See, because I have, I have these conversations with people and they don't think, you know. I know. They always say, oh, no, I got to be able to fight at 1,000 yards. No, you don't. You can't yeah. see anything. Well, that's, well, that's, that's why you special, That's a specialization, right? Yeah, you get the rifle that can shoot that. And the, know, person who, the person who can shoot that. That too. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Not everybody could do that. No. Right. Yeah. Yes. Especially okay. when you're being shot at. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. Because <laughs> you've got to be real patient. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, I agree with you. I think a lot of people should think about that. Like, what distance do you realistically think you have to defend yourself in? And if it's going to be within your home or just outside of your home, you really want to make sure that you're accurate. You know, it's more important to be accurate close up than far away. So, yeah, you you can always switch over to other options if someone's that far out. So uh, let's. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tick. Uh, I mean, but, you know, it's always Kentucky windage, man. If you really got to hit him yeah, by a thousand yards. Go for it. Go for it. And you got that distance, so you got the time. Just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can hit a, if I can hit a, a target with a, with a nine mil, of course it takes, you know, it's artillery shot, but you know, two, 300 yards out with a nine mil. You yeah. Can you're lobbing it. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah. It's going to hit them, but not because they can do a whole lot. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I know there's some people calling for Gorn. I don't know if you brought any kind of guns <laughs> with you for show and tell. <laughs> I don't know whether you don't. <laughs> I guess I should have, huh? Yeah, no, that's what we call Gorn around here, Gorn. Oh, uh, I yeah. Know. I don't know whether or not Walter has some stuff that he. Well, he's got show something you. sitting around, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I've seen this before. So. Yeah, pull out a pull out some kind of armored vehicle for us, Walter. Oh gosh, how There's about an RPG? How about an RPG, Walter? Well, I don't have a live one. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do got a car pistol right around the corner, but. Oh yeah, I mean we'll be happy. We'll be a hundred percent happy to show some car stuff. I do have I do have the RPG the D milled RPG tube here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure Tig has seen a few of those. Yeah, you don't want to see those when you're working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you, you know, see a guy like Walter pull that out, Tig, what are you thinking? You <laughs> shoot the motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Game on, weird. boy. But yeah, if it's aiming at me, then like we got a problem. Yeah, Game Tig was just me. thinking. Let me see Kentucky windage from Colorado <laughs> to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Curvature uh, of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Um, there's a couple things. Okay. Three River Blade says, were the CIA analysts really that combat inefficient like the movie? Seems the CIA would have at least pistol training. They got about as much pistol training as a cop. Ooh, that's not necessarily a lot. No. Yeah. I mean, um, well, even you know, FBI, FBI doesn't have a ton of training. I think after you go through the FBI training academy, you really don't do a lot of stuff. So I'll, I'll say I'll say an average, uh, an average street cop. OK, you know? so, okay. you know, again, they don't get to shoot a lot, you know, because they're always busy doing this and that. I mean, I'm not saying like SWAT cop stuff like that, but yeah, you know. Yeah. So you're saying that like uh, those CIA analysts aren't like Jason Bourne and yes, Jack- yes they are. That's why they need guns. Yeah, Jack Ryan and yeah. And <laughs> Actually, the guy playing Jack in the movie now is on that series, Jack Ryan. Yes, he is. Yeah. They're kind of they're kind of more they're more like all John Wicks. That's why. Oh, we really? Made. They are. <laughs> so we we kept them in the building. Oh, yeah, so I'll have a dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why they didn't save you, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't. I guess the movies makes people think that oh, somebody's in the CIA. There, you know. That's yeah, not you know, really. You yeah. know, it's just like you know, um, 
because actually I'm, I'm, a, I'm trying to find a polygrapher to take a polygraph about the whole standout order. And people are like, you know, they make the comments. I don't know if you see that post. They'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, but, you know, the, the CIA trains you to lie. And, and, you know, they ain't got time to train everybody to lie on a polygraph for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's Are you just, actually a CIA operative? No, I was a contractor. Okay. <laughs> so uh-huh. their, their money invested to me was minimal yeah yeah i think there's a lot of specialization going on right yeah i mean you're supposed to have all the training before you even join them anyways but you know again they're, they're going to teach navy seals dev group guys how to lie on a polygraph either so yeah the military's not the cia's not going to spend the money to do it anyways because for one your contract you're 100 ex- Expendable. They they're going to waste their time and money on you. Yeah. Um, I, so you you still feel like you need to do that, man? I think that people can take you at your word. To me personally, you seem like a stand-up guy from time of I've that I've known you. Went on a little road trip. You know, you drive a little fast. I think you. <laughs> You were probably <laughs> contemplating like uh, that is that adrenaline junkie thing. Come, yeah. on. Oh, come on, you know yeah. I, I, that's why I got to have the gator in the car. You know I got to. Yeah, <laughs> you know you. I could tell sometimes you were thinking about bumping me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, when we were driving, I would just get behind Tig, like okay. You know, let him take all the heat first. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let him take the rounds first. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just on the road. We were just on the road. Well, yeah, I, I know mean, that. But yeah, we were just driving through uh, Colorado and stuff like that. So uh, he didn't really he didn't really get into any trouble. I think there was one time. I don't know if you realize this, Tig. There was one time when we were in California. There were these people trying to talk to me from another car while I was doing 70 miles an hour. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. You do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then these guys are like, what the hell is going on? Why, why are these people trying? And then I think they were trying to throw something into my, they were trying to throw like a business card or something into my car. They were trying to get me to stop. I was like, I'm not freaking stopping on this highway. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, let me see what other questions people have here. Uh, trying to see if there's any other things. Walter, did you have anything here? You want to? No, you, you answered to... a lot of them actually. Okay. Do you feel like you know reasonably well what went down? Yeah, I know it went. I, yeah. I kind of had a pretty good idea before, but I yeah. didn't realize that there were um, unarmed uh, State Department uh, security there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. T- I don't understand how that actually happens, man. I wouldn't. You know how? Okay, let me ask a question here. Would you go into that situation unarmed? Yeah, I know. I always had a we. I always carried nothing else. A handgun, something. Yeah, even when I work out, I got I got something with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I walk around my house armed, you know, and I'm not afraid of anyone in my house, you know. But the thing is, is just that I think you should. Because look, when you're at home, where you feel safe, that's actually where you're the most vulnerable for someone to kick your door in. So to that's be, where, a, go ahead. That's why. That's why I got dogs. Yeah, true. Um, unless it depends what kind of dogs you have. If you have my dog, you, you are doomed. Because <laughs> my dog is big, but he will totally let anyone onto my property. That's funny. You know, he's done it many times. As a matter of fact, I think he's trying to he's trying to say to people, "Come get this guy." Yeah. You know. So you people, but I think that when you're home, you you feel like you're safe. But guess what? If someone kicks in your door. 
right? If someone kicks in your door, you're just there chilling out, having dinner, looking at a movie, doing the dishes, whatever it is in your house, you don't have time to go back to your safe and get stuff. You know, wherever you think you have things hidden or stashed away, you need to have something on you, on your person. At least you can defend yourself, you know, initially, and then you might go, oh, you know, maybe you back people off or whatever. You feel like you need to go get something else or you give someone else in the house a chance to do something. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, at least with an arm's reach. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, my friend, I see my friend, uh, my friend Tom Hausner is in the chat. He he was also a Marine, Tig. Um, and uh, he was also a SWAT team leader. So he says, uh, rule number one to a gunfight, have a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a loaded gun. <laughs> yes, true, true. It's um, like, you know, well, you got those people that say, well, I, you know, I could still carry, but it's not loaded. <laughs> That's what's, okay, now you have to like, you know, put okay, one in the pipe. Yeah, you know, that's that's like uh, you know being in a car crash and waiting to put your seatbelt on when the car crash is starting. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it's really crazy, really. Yeah. Crazy. So. yeah um, okay, so let's see. Uh, hold on, what was this? Some, there were some things here. You know what? Let's go to. Um, let's go to. Did you look at the State of the Union? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched right. some of it. What do you think yeah. about it? Yeah, I think he did a good job. I was kind of waiting for him to like really start bashing people, but he really didn't. Um, he stayed he, on. He stayed he, on. He had, he had a, yeah, he had a few good jabs in there, but they were uh, legit. I mean, uh, just like the wall um, mm. and uh, the whole full term abortion thing. I think he he could have really hammered them on that, and but he didn't. He he did. He he's, I think he stayed on point. Yeah, what's always ironic to me about um, liberals, Pelosi, and the gang out there is. You know, they are 100 percent for abortion, which is killing a lot of children in their own mother's wombs. Right. I know there's some mitigating circumstances and things like that out there. But then they're like, no, we got to stop this violence that's going on out there. We got to save the children. So what they want to do is disarm everyone. But they're totally happy to to have all these kids aborted out of the world at the same time, way more than what's happening in, in, in the violence that we see. And at the same time, I think that. Just like what you guys went through, we have to look at um, we have to look at our schools and stuff like that as easy targets. We need to fortify those things. Think about their protection. Find people who are willing to be armed and trained to to actually stand there and fight. Where uh, you know instead of what we had here in Florida, you know you guys in, in Benghazi, you had people who literally left. Right in Florida, we had a similar thing. We had a sheriff's deputy on that campus, and he didn't get into the fight. No, yeah, that goes back to like I was talking. But you know, yes. it's probably the first time he's better been in that situation, so he didn't know how to react. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I going back? I'm gonna go back to the whole abortion thing. You know, why why do you need to pass a law to say, well, you can terminate the baby's life if the if the mom's health is at risk? Don't doctors haven't they been doing that already, anyways? Yeah, isn't that isn't doesn't that make sense? Like, what father, you know, that's obviously that's a decision that that parents need to make, right? Right. The mother but, needs to make that decision, or the father. Well, but that was what I'm saying. Now, why do you have to pass a law to terminate a baby's life if it threatens the mom's life when doctors have already been doing that? Yeah, I mean that's that's what they've been doing. I mean, they're not going to just sit there and let a mom die just because of the baby's going to die, you know, they're going to do something about it. There's no reason to pass a law. All this does, this just uh, gives uh, pretty much moms who 
in my opinion, not, I'm not saying all of them, but that, uh, well, at almost at full term, well, I, I don't want this kid now because he left me. I want to get a v- revenge on him or, you know, just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, she just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. She thought she did, but now she's having second thoughts. That's all this is going to do. Because again, the doctor is going to save the mom's life or the woman's life. If, it, if the baby's threatening its life already. I mean, it's they've been doing it. So why yeah. do you need to pass along? I think they just want to create another device that those people could go, oh, well, I feel like this is going to threaten my life, right? It's like silly laws, like about marijuana, for example. Oh, you need it for medicinal purposes. That's just a way to get around. Like people want to smoke weed, yeah. whatever. I don't care. Let them yeah. smoke weed, you know? Yeah, um, well, sign right off on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing about the baby is, well, if you shoot a mother who's pregnant, get, they charge you and the baby dies, they get two murders, right? Yeah. So I guess now in New so York. So what is the difference? Yeah. yeah. Well, and unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, they're trying to do like afterbirth, you know, like. Isn't that. I mean, murder? that's um, as far as I'm concerned, when you create life, when you destroy right. it, when you create human life, if you destroy it, I don't care if, if it's like a day, a month, you know, weeks or whatever, when you create human life and you destroy it, that's what it is. Uh, You know, I'm not, look, people make choices and they do things, right? But Mm -hmm. it's, but why are we hiding from it? It is what it is. Yeah. How can we hide that? And then we go over here, oh, but we got to stop this thing. We got to make more laws and, and, and limit this thing. What are those, what laws out there are actually going to stop someone that's broken from deciding they want to be destructive? This is the thing that I keep, like, just like what happened to you, to you guys out there, man. This is America. So people are, have a little bit more sense. But whether you have sense or not, if you want to be destructive, there's so many things at hand that you could be destructive with. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. See, I mean, look at the car. I mean, you can kill probably more people with the more people die from a vehicle than they do from guns. Yeah, look, together, look right? what a simple uh, a jug of diesel fuel can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, I it's, mean, they don't mean much. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do to uh, regulate that any more than it's already regulated? Armament. The and problem access, is, you can you can gun everybody up, and everybody can be gunned up, and everybody can be all armed. But if the society is still a clusterfuck, it's not going to fix anything. So you have to start to fix that society, that that mindset, that that like the violence is the cure to everything before you're going to really see any change. So and that's going to take a while because things have gotten really out of hand. Yeah. And, so, and um, some people were never going to fix. There was a lack of time. lack of responsibility. You know, like, oh, hey, my fault. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm that way because of, of you, you know, or, yeah, or but, something or something. You're something somebody did 100 years ago. And now I'm like that. That's another mindset we got to get away from, too. This, yeah, um, I think also, Walter, we're, we're never going to fix everyone. We just have some ignorant ass, destructive, <laughs> well, evil, then, horrible then, people that don't deserve to be on the planet with the so rest of us. Remove, That's just when, reality. They, when they're bad and they do stuff, remove them from the gene pool. Sorry. We, that's why we need that ability in that moment <laughs> when that person. <laughs> Let's not abort know. the babies who have never done anything. Let's abort the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. You can complete it. Armament and Axis gave us two bucks. He says, Tig, it's an honor to have you here, bro. Thank you. That's from Armament and Axis. Thank you. Appreciate yes. it. Um, so let's see. So we're talking about this thing, right? Uh, abortion and stuff like that. So what do you think about this whole thing happening in Virginia? Because Virginia is <laughs> in meltdown mode right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel sorry for him. Uh, I love it. You do? I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's bad for him. I mean, it's, 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 it's a crappy situation all around with their end. I mean, they're just yeah. getting hammered. But again, it's, that's the Democrats. I mean, they sit there and say that uh, Republicans are the lion, backstabbing, whatever. I mean, look. Racist, uh, homophobic, yeah. Uh, yeah. this thing, that thing, yeah. the but most yet, evil. Yeah. But yet every Democrat now that they elect is getting nailed with all that that they say Republicans are. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I love it. I love it. It's really crazy. So if people don't know, obviously you had the governor of Virginia, Democrat. He had there's some issues with blackface. And all that kind of stuff that's go that's floating around, like a picture in his yearbook of someone in blackface and someone in a Ku Klux Klan thing. I think, you know, you got that right. So that's floating around. Then the lieutenant governor that would become the governor if he quits, he's got like a sexual uh, assault assault thing going against him. Then today it came out that the AG, the attorney general, blackface, also did blackface. And these are all. You know, like okay. they, what Democrats tell people is the uneducated redneck, whatever out there. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones doing these horrible things. These are yeah. all highly educated people, right? Yeah, it's usually the one pointing the finger first is the one that did it. Uh, yeah. What and what the hell are they up to? Yeah. Well, and yeah. you got you got to think too. Why this? Why didn't this come out before? Yeah. This is so, not like secret. This is not like Obama's sealed files. Well, I think it's all it's all coming out because that that Virginia governor said that he believes that you can abort the baby even after it was born. Well, then, of course, now we're going to do like they do to us. I say us, you know, the people are more conservative. Let's Mm -hmm. dig up the dirt on these Democrats and expose them, which is cool. I don't have a problem Mm with. Yeah. Yeah. Comes around, goes around. Right. You know, you start you start no shit. There'll be no shit. That kind of thing. But I think I we need to go ahead. I, I just don't understand why the the Democratic voters they they're not. I mean, they're stupid fucks. A lot of them. Why, I'm sorry. why, why are they <laughs> paying attention to this stuff? I mean, they're just ignorant. <sighs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, brainwashing. Ignorant, um, dumb. Yeah, people just think it's like um, you know what happened to me recently. There's someone I went to. Like, so I grew up in New York. I went to school in New York, and there's a, a guy that I went to school with, uh, high school. And he was getting in touch with me on on Facebook and stuff like that. And I was like, what's going on? Why is this guy reaching out? Because all my friends on Facebook are gun guys. Okay. And um, I was thinking, like, what the hell is going on here? Then I realized that he's he's on Facebook and he's commenting on stuff. Like someone made a post about, um, what was it, Connecticut? They want to put a 50% tax on ammo. They think that's going to solve something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't get that one. Yeah, so he goes on there and he posts on there. uh, So I reposted it. Someone put it up. I reposted it. (laughs) And he goes on there and says something. And all my friends, like... Jumped him. on him. Jumped him. Yeah, and I feel so bad. Like, why are people, why Why did he do that? And I realized that that's why he did it, because there was a message when I look back. He was like, hey, bro, are you, you know, when did you start getting into guns? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, this, he just, uh, some people just don't get it. No. You know, they just uh, don't get it. They don't, they, we think everyone sees the world the way that we do, but it's not the way everyone, like you said before, Tig, people are just pre-programmed, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, over, they overreact and yeah. Yeah. Their, you know, their, their you, tribe has been that way for a while and they just can't break the cycle. That's what it is. Yeah. If you really think, if you really think that um, taxing anything is going to solve anything, what freaking world have you been living in? 
<laughs> Ask somebody in Illinois about that. Ask somebody about California about yeah, that. Yeah, California. Uh, all- New York, uh, Maryland, uh, Connecticut. More taxes have only made the government richer. And they just give it away to somebody that didn't do anything. Yeah. No, they donate to, to another country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a it's a terrible thing. Like he obviously he's concerned. I get it. I get the part where people are concerned about what's happening and and stuff that we've seen happen to kids. If you want to protect anyone, children, adults, anyone out there, you have to actually protect them. But okay, you have to learn that there's people out there that are going to commit acts of violence. You have to be able to meet that with equal and stronger violence to protect those people. That's the freaking bottom line. You can't put taxes on shit or or have good thoughts or make uh, gun free zones and you're going to protect your children. (laughs) If you really love them, you have to protect them. That means you have to be willing to be violent. Well, you you have to educate them, too. Well, you know, there's never been any gun violence in gun-free zones. <laughs> okay. This is sarcasm if, if anyone out there. <laughs> if you don't understand the sarcasm of this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. well, you, isn't, well. I mean, I, I make sure I got a gun-free zone sign up at my driveway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do. I believe me. You probably do. <laughs> yeah. Just come on in. <laughs> you want to try yeah. it. You yeah. can come in, but you're not going to be leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm trying to look here and see the other things. So what, what other stuff is going on in the news other than these knuckleheads? Anything catch your attention in the news? Calif- I think Virginia has to be reset. They should just completely do the, redo everything in Virginia and let. Um, no. yeah, yeah, they're screwed for a while. Yeah. Just let them, let them waller in their own. Um, it's the people, the people. I think Virginia, lots of places out there, Virginia, New Jersey, Connecticut, Lots of places they think they're somehow better than the third world. You guys are no better. You just no. don't get it. They I, run this. They run the exact same way. How in the hell did Kotex get freaking elected? Oh, well, that's New oh, York Co- City. <laughs> <laughs> Kotex yeah. was it? Oh yeah, Ocasio. <laughs> I, I don't. I, man, oh, the stuff that's man. insane. Whoever the people that did that, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, that's but, New York City. But I'm telling you what, you're giving us the best memes in the world. I guess uh, she high fived the the, the air. The, the oh, air I heard. I didn't see no, it, but she was high fiving the oh, air. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I watched it. And about the people five. around her were going, What the fuck is she doing? <laughs> I mean, it was there was nobody even looking at her, coming <laughs> yeah. in her direction. And she was just, I don't know, she was like Casper was there, I guess. I don't know. You you know what I think? New York City is probably no different from Benghazi. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of uh Tribes. Really, yeah, there's a lot of tribes, lots of really ignorant people that think that's just we're just going to keep taxing voting. They vote for people in New York that make no sense. Their politicians steal money, uh, don't pay taxes, <laughs> do all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're like, oh, no, that's cool. That chick <laughs> that, save us. That, that that the woman they had from Atlanta that that did the Democratic response, I guess she owes uh, she goes income tax. She has unpaid a whole bunch of unpaid bills. Um, she holds no no political office, no, and, yeah. she, and she's the representative. They're talking for the Dems. Like I guess you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, oh well. Yeah, Brian Quick says people are not pre-programmed. They're socialized. I'm sorry. There's just some ignorant freaking people. Oh yeah. Well, oh, there's people, people that there's people who have grown up in families that that have been doing the same thing for a hundred years. They are programmed. Yeah. If you've never left New York City, you think that 
that the way of life there is the way it's supposed to be. New York City is a place that only the cops and the criminals have guns. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, yes. And uh, yeah. yeah, the cops and the criminals and the connected politicians. Yes. The connected yeah. people have guns. And, yeah. And, I don't know if you saw this, Tig, but in New York, you uh, obviously everywhere in America, you're supposed to be able to, to carry and, you know, have access to your Second Amendment rights. Um, there's definitely limitations on it in New York, but you can get a cease, uh, concealed weapons permit if you know the right palms to Greece. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Does that sound third, familiar? Does that that's, sound familiar? That's the yeah. third world. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so Lola sent I, me a text asking, where's the Gorn? Where's the Gorn? Yeah. Yeah, where's the car pistol that you were going to show no, us? No, 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 give me a second. Okay, <laughs> get the car pistol, get the car Don't forget to take off your headsets. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Don't do like I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wait. Hey, well, you want to see some Gorn last second? You may open this one yeah, to save something. Yeah, okay. show, us some, show us something. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to unplug. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Unplug. Oh, everybody's unplugging. It's just me. It's just me now. You guys are trapped in the Hank's train. You know what? I'm going to give a quick shout out right there. 97.3 The Sky FM News Talk. Shout out to like Bob Rose and Greg, uh, Greg Cassidy over there. Um, they're not my favorite radio station. They're Lola's favorite radio station. She listens to those guys instead of calling me every morning. So somehow they convince, no, they're good guys. They convinced me to rock their shirt. And then they're like, please, Hank, put, put, put the shirt in a video. By the way, Walter, this is a, this is a large, size large. Oh man, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're. I thought they yeah. said to go shirtless. Yeah, oh, shirtless? No, you don't want to see me shirtless, man. It's not, <laughs> not pleasant. Not gonna be, yeah. If you like it, I'm going to be worried. <laughs> Let's put it that way. All right. So what did you get, Tig? Let's see. What do you got? Well, it's, you know, nice little it's car ST9. Oh, little like cryptic the, uh, code yeah. on it. Yeah. As you say, that's a cool guy gun now. Yeah, of course it is. It's got the, you know, it's got the cryptic on it. Yeah. That's what I like about this, man. It's got this uh, nice, uh, like rubbery grip on it and, you know, sweaty hands and everything else just sticks right to it. But okay, yeah. very cool. Is that it's new? From, is that new from Car? Did Car release any new stuff for 2019 at Shot Show? Oh yeah, they've got all kinds of new custom guns out. I mean, uh, pretty much just like the outsides, all custom out. They got I don't know, like a handful of them. So, okay, really cool 1911s. They got you know, if they like Trump, they got two. Uh, they got a Tommy Trump gun. They got a Tommy uh, Trump. Uh, a Trump, <laughs> a, a, a Trump well, So, what about the uh, what is it? The Desert Eagle. Okay. Yeah, Do you well, have yeah. a Desert Eagle? Oh, I got uh, three Desert Eagles. Oh, nice, nice, cool. So I got two fifties and a forty-four. Uh, they just came out with the four twenty-nine uh, Desert Eagle. Okay, which is supposed to be. Uh, is that like a neck-down cartridge? Is that what that is? Or it's. Uh, what was the ballistics on it? The ballistics on it's pretty freaking crazy, uh, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, what else did they come out with? Uh, they got the tactical Tommy gun. It's a little bit lighter. It's a nine. It's a nine millimeter, but it's it's a lot of fun to shoot. Uh, I'm trying to think what else they came out. With. They come with all kinds of new new custom guns though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, I, uh, my friend Tom Hausner says Milwaukee PD lost a warrior today. SWAT cop shot and killed serving a warrant. Or, yeah, you know? I saw that just before we came yeah. out. Yeah, I know. I know that's tough, Tom. I yeah, they did. A, you know, they got this uh, just to kind of put the doubters. A lot of people watching. They did a 
cars did a blue line series called a PM9, the blue line. And mm-hmm. what they do if the falling officer, either like the um, somebody from, from his office, the family member, whatever, they contact car, they'll donate the, the pistol to him. They'll put uh, the officer's end of, end of watch on it, like his badge number or, or whatever they want on it. And they can either keep the pistol, they can use it at the, as an auction item to yeah. raise money for whatever. And so, okay. Yeah. I know that's, you know, that's a tough thing, especially for the guys out there in law enforcement that have to deal with that. Um, the thing that I can say, I, Tom, I don't know if you're familiar with blue line bears. They also do stuff to help. That's a young, a young lady here in Florida that she uh, takes the uniforms and makes yeah. them into bears, you know, stuffed bears for the family and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, anything that folks out there can do to help. It would be great if this was like an awesome world. Everyone got along and we didn't get into these situations, but unfortunately it happened. So, um, okay, Walter, did you want to show us something before we pulled out the scar? Uh, so you got the scar 16 and 17. Yeah, actually last night after we had a little talk about the extractor on the 16, I ordered two of them. So I want to thank you for the person who sent me that that uh info on the location of the scar extractor oh very cool <laughs> have you ever used the scar by the way first of all before i say that a firearms fanatic gave us five bucks he says hit the thumbs up button and support the hashtag wmmf podcast ps much love to my boys hank john walter all right one last thing for you hank you're one oh, of your favorites the arm oh look at this do you know what that is tig you ever seen one of these things you can't really see it oh but no no, no. <laughs> it's an arm pistol. It's a it's a bullpup, which I'm into bullpups. It was right. made by Bushmaster back in the '80s. Um, it was supposed to be kind of the Air Force uh, toyed with the idea of a, of huh, a okay a high a high capacity pistol for pilots. Um, yeah. not it's a, a terrible gun. Terrible. Yeah, it's, cool. it's completely impractical, but it's fun to shoot. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters sometimes. Just you know, just a novelty item. Yeah, <laughs> it's a blaster. It's a blaster. Yeah. When you come visit us, do, are you into bullpups at all? <laughs> Just say no. Just say no. Yeah, come on, take <laughs> say yes. I, you know, I really haven't shot too many of them, so I can't uh, really say. Okay, yeah, but, we'll you know, have to fix that. But, you know, I like any, you know, anything that goes bang. It's pretty much fun. Oh, okay. Very so. cool. You said the yeah. right words. You say the right words. Let me just do a quick shout out here. So uh, my friend Tom Hausner says uh, that DD is watching too. She thinks Tig is a real hero. And uh, lots <laughs> of people out there want to send those messages out there to you as well, Tig. Like, thanks. You're a hero. All that, you know, all that good stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's... You know, do you ever get tired of hearing that? <laughs> well, you know, I just don't... I just do my job. Um, that's kind of... And I do it over again, over and over. And I didn't, I didn't do it just because uh, for recognition. I did because I enjoy doing my work. And so, yeah, but, you know, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I do. I appreciate it from everybody. It's yeah, awesome. you're a good stand-up guy, man. I was looking at, um, and I know we're running a little bit over here, but I was looking at footage of you guys when you first, like, uh, when this stuff all first came out, and you were all like deer in the headlights. <laughs> you know, you actually didn't say that much, but you know, you're, you know, you're good guys, nice, nice people, good people to hang out with. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a life changing you know not not that the Benghazi wasn't life-changing but this coming out publicly is way more life-changing than any firefight I've ever been in because um, you know I went from a guy being quiet to out in the public and you know it, it took me it took me a while to kind of I guess put myself out there 
Yeah, I'm glad you have, man. I'm glad you have. You're you're a nice person, and I think that you know you deserve the recognition that you're getting, and um, you know, and and I think that uh, people are happy to show you that, right? Because you know everyone plays a part, including the people that embrace folks like yourself. So, Walter, did you want to say something there? I'm sorry. No, I agree with you. I agree. You know, it's it's tough to be the the good guy when um you're you're some areas you're made out to be like somehow. And I don't get it. How can you be made out to be the bad guy? Yeah, you did. You did what you're supposed to do, and you did it beyond above and beyond the call of duty, so to speak. It, you know, the sad thing is, it all it comes down to just the the party line is all it was. You know, they right. they see yeah. that that we came out to uh, to pretty much bash Hillary and bash Obama, and that ain't why we came out. We came out to tell the truth because you lost four Americans and right. a U.S. ambassador got killed, and they were lying about how it happened. Yeah, and they act like it's no big, they act like it was no big deal. Yeah, and they're yeah. lying about you know what happened to him too, you know. Right. And uh, again, I know I didn't come out because just to um, hurt a, the Democratic Party. I came out because it, that's what it needed to be done. You know, the the books being taught in in colleges, high schools, and junior high is a history lesson. Right. Right. So, so for people to say, you know, it's. It is. It's part of American history, whether you like it or not, because, yeah. you know, we lost the U.S. ambassador and the U.S. Yeah. ambassador is part of American history. That's like yeah. one of the first or second times ever, I think. Uh, first time in 30 years. Yeah. So that's that's big news. So we should yeah. also we should also remember that there were there were other people that got lost out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it would dishonor those people to for you not to speak your truth, man. All right. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what anyone else's truth is. It would dishonor those guys for you not to speak your truth. Right. Because you were there with them. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so, again, go back to the stand down order. I mean, everybody's pissed. Off, you know, the, the, the left is pissed off about that. You know, you guys need to really get over it because the standout order that we talk about in the book has nothing to do with left or right. It has to do with Bob and what Bob did. And that's it. Yeah. You know? That has to do with who was given the marching orders. Yeah. And yeah. again, we, we, there's nothing mentioning in the book about politics. We don't even, you know, in the movies, same thing. We don't. Yeah. I don't think the, the I don't break, think the movie, the movie never got into that. It didn't go get a, you know, a fake Obama, a fake Hillary or anything like that and, and get no. into that. Didn't, didn't swim into that whole thing. I think because, that um, Jerry, was it Bruckheimer or um, Michael Bay? Who was it? Michael Bay, right? Yeah. The director. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bay. Yeah, I think he was just trying to tell the story from you guys. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, because, you know, to me, if the, the bring politics into that story just dishonors all four of them and dishonors what we did. So that's why our big goal was to make sure there's no politics involved with it. That's, yeah. why, that's why, like, in the, the whole military standout order, I mean, in the, in the movie, it's kind of hinted, but, I mean, nothing moved. But in the book, there's nothing involved with it whatsoever because, you remember, Hollywood – you know, they made the movie. We didn't make the movie. We didn't write the script for the movie. We wrote the book. And there's nothing about politics in the book. Yeah. I think a lot of people just forget that, you know, uh, warriors out there, whether whether it's police officers, soldiers, whatever it is, bodyguards, whatever category you want to be in. Most of the time, those people are just fighters. They're fighting. They're not necessarily thinking about whose politics. You don't know who they voted for, didn't vote for. They're not thinking about that stuff. And they have families. You guys were there because I, I, this is me saying it, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. You were trying to support your families. Well, of course. I mean, we're not going to do it for free, but yeah. I mean, 
yeah. I did. I started contracting because of the money, and then, but I kept doing it because I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up because I know we're over the six o'clock hour. Walter, was there anything <laughs> you wanted to add before we get out of here? You got it. Okay. Um, I want to take, I want to give you another chance before we go to tell folks out there about the foundation and um, how they can get in touch with you and what they can do to help you. Yeah. Again, it's uh, called beyond the battlefield, the Tigan foundation. And, you know, we, uh, we help veterans and first responders any way we possibly can. And, and really that's really what, what I, my main focus was. We don't have uh, you don't have to be, uh, you know, a combat vet, as long as you're a veteran and, even even if you were, you know, dishonored or discharged, depends on what it was for. We'll probably still try to help you out. So again, we do not. I want to try to help as many guys as we possibly can. That's the okay. biggest goal. And you know, uh, the TigerFoundation.org is where you can get a. You can find my foundation and social media. Just search John Tigan, um, and that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Armament and Axis gave us five bucks. He says, uh, this is his quote, say goodbye to contract work. You can't put a price on living with yourself. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, Tig, he says, Tig, yeah, I get it. Um, you know what? I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. And, and you know, obviously a, a lot of people thank you for, for w- what you did out there. But I also want to thank you for the stuff that you continue to do. You know, um, I, I really appreciate it. You're a really cool guy. You even signed this. Uh, there's a poster here that you signed. Now, I was hoping you would you would do this like in a bikini. <laughs> yeah, you didn't really do it in a bikini, but I do have this. We're gonna put this up. <laughs> hey, you never know, Brown Else. You know, they... yeah, yeah, Brown Else. You never know. Maybe he could be the next uh, lemon squeezy. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't give Tig ideas, man, because you'll actually actually you give, give Ryan and Josh ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I want to thank you. I do want to thank the Brown Else crew because that's how you know. If people want to know how I came to meet you and all that kind of stuff, I met you through those guys and you're a really good stand-up guy thanks for like taking these hours out of your your life and away from the family and stuff like that to come out here and talk to us we appreciate it man i thank everybody for joining us it's awesome awesome okay that's it we're out of here guys we'll be back tomorrow we'll see you tomorrow thanks so much for hanging out with us don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell we're out of here peace